Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, behaves. Middle cough just hit me as we're going live with an incredible NFL take. Do you want to share that take, John? Well, it wasn't my... I stole this from a friend of ours. They brought it up during the Raiders... Say his name. He'd appreciate it. Uh, John, Dickinson, John, John Dickinson. John Dickinson. John Dickinson. Uh, that Kyle Shanahan... And I, I, I actually... I, I alerted him to this after he brought this up. Like, Kyle should be all over Rich Piscaccia this offseason. You know, he's he's widely viewed, I think, as a top two or three, you know, special teams coach in the league. And I'm like, well, do you know that Rich was a Gruden guy at Tampa... Who worked for Gruden early on in his career? Kyle Shanahan. Kyle. So they've, they've crossed paths. And listen, I understand that, and I've gotten a lot on Twitter, that when the Niners fuck up or even make a good play or a guy just muffs a punt on the other team, they just now scream out, Hightower! That, and I understand Hightower. Maybe just demote him. Make him the assistant special. Hire Rich. Bring him in. And let's start rocking and rolling with the big-time special teams coach. I mean, how has Rich Bisaccia not been Photoshopped into a Niners pullover and hat yet? I mean, it's been 35 seconds. Isn't that what this is all about on the internet? You you like that idea? Yeah, why the hell not? I mean, if you're rich, think about the Niners had a rotation of coaches. The Niners and the Raiders and Stanford and Cal have had a rotation of coaches over the last 15 years that like don't seem to want to leave the Bay Area. It's like, wait, Brad Seeley just went from there to there? <laughs> yeah. Like these guys, there's a, have you noticed that? There's a lot of guys that coach for one, that coach for the other. And next thing you know, who was the linebacker coach that was at Oh, uh, the guy that flipped off the cameras. Remember the 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 blonde hair guy. Where you know, was the former? He's the former defensive coordinator for the Raiders. Double flipped the cameras, but then he was yeah. hired. I think on Tom Sula's staff. Remember or Chip's staff? Uh, but the there was also was, his name? was it was he the one with the Stanford tie? He had coached for Harbaugh Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Shaw, Raiders, Stanford, right? Harbaugh, Raiders, Stanford, Niners, Walsh, kind of all of them, good buddies with Al Davis. So if you're rich, is it crazy Rich signed to up think? with Gruden thinking he'd, he'd be with Gruden for 10 years and then maybe he'd so, call it quits. So did, so did uh, Gus Bradley just did the same. He's like, shit, I'll be here for five more years. Carr did. I, I don't think it's crazy. Did, uh, did Lincoln just retain, what's his name, on USC staff that had been the interim coach? Dante I believe Williams? that he did. Dante Williams, yeah, I believe so. It 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 doesn't happen. It doesn't feel very often like it does in college football. Like the interim coach, again, zero research on this. If he does a decent job and the AD likes him, it's like a eighty percent chance that it's kind of obligated the new coach keeps him. Especially if he's a recruiter. Yeah, if that's his specialty. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if they hire Doug Peterson, Dabo Sweeney, whatever. Why would you not want to keep Rich? Now, typically, it does feel that guy like just leaves. You know, if he's like a a coordinator or a guy that people like, right? They just go to a new. Uh, just what a happened? New place. Did, did did the Eagles keep their special teams coach that Doug that had coached for Doug Peterson in Philly? No, he went with uh, him and Deuce. They just they'd had enough. They went with uh, Dan Campbell. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he'll be available, right? I mean, he might might be worth leaving Detroit. No, but he's going to be under contract. Like, he's good. Right, right. I'm just saying he might be ready for a change of pace from Detroit. Who? If Doug Peterson, the special teams coach that went from Philly to Detroit, might be willing to make the jump from Detroit to Vegas to work with Doug Peterson just to kind of oh, reset I, his clock. I see what you're saying. The, the The only thing is he's not actually a Doug Peterson guy. That guy was hired by Chip. He's just a survivor because he's really good. So people just keep him. You know, it's one of those that y- you never know. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying with the reset the clock. Maybe that's what Rich wants to do, a clock reset. So you come with Kyle Shanahan, you get a three-year deal. I'm just, you heard it here first. Well, I heard it from someone else, but you heard it if you're listening. Rich Piscaccia, 49er special teams coach. And listen, I do not want Hightower to be unemployed. I'm cool with the demotion. Hell, keep his, keep his pay the same if you want. That's on Jed. But he just, he can't run the unit anymore. Because yeah. we don't give him any credit, right, for muff punts or missed field goals, correct? Uh, no, I, special teams coach gets full credit. Just like on defense, tips and overthrows, it's about creating aggression, John, fear in the eyes of the quarterback, the receiver. I changed my mind since you asked me Sunday. I give the special Because what does, if you're not going to give the special teams coach credit for muffed punts, what are we giving him credit for? When his punter muffs it, it's a knock against him. Yeah, but okay, the guy muffs it. No one's in a 20-yard radius. He just muffs right. it on his own. Well, I mean, uh, so River Craycraft was right there. If you're giving the muff credits, if you're going multiple muffs and a missed field goal, does that make up for the 14 points that his unit has allowed the previous two weeks, the kickoff return and the fake field goal? Well, I mean, punch? he also gets the Robbie Gold missed extra point a couple weeks ago and the Robbie Gold missed game-winning kick at the end of regulation. <laughs> Which, if that missed field goal from Robbie Gold had turned into a loss in overtime, then the loss would have kind of been on Hightower. On Hightower, <laughs> yep. So he would have had back-to-back L's because they just lost a game by a touchdown, which his unit gave up the easiest punt fake we've ever seen in the history of football. Uh, yes, that's that one's squarely on him. More so, he wears more of that than the Robbie Gold missed game winner, for sure. Do you know that there were three recovered onside kicks Sunday? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I felt like when the Cardinals recovered the onside kick Monday that I'd, I was like, I'm pretty sure I've already seen like two recovered onside kicks successful. So there was the Monday night Cardinals onside kick, right? Ravens. The Ravens. Who else? The Bills? I, someone just DM me that there was multiple. I think there was another game. I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I saw the Ravens one. The Cardinals one is an all-time execution. The tap. The, oh, it's my favorite. Both guys leap, kick. and it both like kind of lands in their bellies, and it squirts out, and then the other three guys are in midair, and they just kind of land right on it. It's, oh, it's fantastic. The football team didn't get one. Um, I'm just looking back through the close games here. St- Steelers-Vikings last Thursday? Was there one last Thursday? No. Mm. Falcons-Panthers? I think it happened on Sunday. The the onsider. I think there were multiple. There were two onsiders that were executed, and then obviously the Arizona Cardinal one. Which and you said the Ravens were one. The Ravens definitely were one because I was watching that, hoping. I guess we had already covered that. I was just kind of rooting for the Ravens to win, just because we had almost bet on that game. Yeah. Somebody said there were four. Suppose supposedly. Well, <laughs> supposedly or <laughs> it's out there in the ether, guy. There's a lot of moving parts right now. A lot of onside kicks. Oh, Bears Packers Sunday night. I missed that one. Wasn't that Sunday night? That well, what? Yeah, that game was. Yeah, Sunday Bears night. Packers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the That's end right. of the game? That one was tipped, and the guy house called it. But of course, you can't do that on an onside kick. 
I forgot that's about why that people one. that's why people were calling the worst special teams performance in the history of special teams. They gave up a punt return. They technically gave up that touchdown. I think they had given up like 17 points. The Maybe Packers. they muffed a punt too. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was ass ass for the game. Will you be firing your he was asked, like, are you gonna fire this guy? And he said, Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you think that if we got the average sports fan and showed them 32 photos of special teams coordinators and 30 photos of NBA head coaches, they'd get more NBA head coaches or special teams coordinators. And how many people would know the special teams coordinator over the coach of the Indiana Pacers specifically? Well, that's Rick Carlisle. No, is it? No. Who's the guy last night? Rick Carlisle is the head coach of the Indiana Pacers. Well, who's the guy? They were, they were talking about another guy. Who? Maybe I was watching. The, yeah, you're right. It wasn't the Pacer game. Who was I watching the other night? But there are some coaches like, who that is 100. percent You could you could not point out of the line. Like, do you know who the? I was going to say the Dallas Mavericks, but isn't that Jason Kidd? Yes. I was watching the Mavericks maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, and I was thinking they're they're not very good. Luke is really fat. Like he looks, he would look like me if I wore a jersey, just kind of flabby on the arms and flabby on the underbreast. And I'm watching Jason Kidd, who I then Googled while I'm watching him, had almost made $200 million as a player. And this is like, Jason hasn't played in a decade. He made $200 million in the 90s and the 2000s. He's not very good at coaching, clearly. Like, why does he want to do this so bad? Like, I, I just think to myself, The bright Jason, lights, baby. Why? The bright lights. I think it's, you know what? I, I'm looking at a list of NBA coaches. It's a it's a list of really pretty recognizable people. But I take well, I think there I think like half are pretty famous and just, I'd say it's you know, almost more than half. I think. Like cause you cause you got like Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups, Steve Kerr. Yeah, I mean Boonholzer, Spolstra, Vogel, Lou, Dwayne Casey, Malone, Billy Donovan, Steve Nash. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Nate I mean, McMillan. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty gentry Alvin Gentry's coaching the Kings. Yeah. Who, who subbed in for Luke Walton. Like there are some there there are just I mean, if you're a former player, you're gonna be relatively famous, right? Yeah. It happens right, much more in the that. NBA than it does in the NFL. My favorite of all of them ever was the uh was it the the Cowboys guy with the white hair? What was that guy's name? I want to say Spagnolo. It wasn't Spagnolo. Like in the pro, like late nineties Cowboys. The dude from Oklahoma, Barry Switzer. No, he had like long. He was the special teams coach. He had like long. Oh hair. yeah, 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 yeah. That, that guy had a sweet look. That guy. <laughs> Cowboys had some coaches that did look sweet on the sideline. That was a save it. That guy, even though he was kind of bald up top, that was definitely a save it. Uh, John, this on the YouTube stream from Marty G. He says six times distilled in copper pots, more labor intensive, but that's why it's the best vodka in the world. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Marty G bringing the knowledge. It is six time distilled in copper pots. Is it more labor intensive? Yes. But Tito himself knows that's how you get the good stuff. And so that's what you got when you go Tito's handmade vodka. How about this, John? It's getting a little cold outside. We've had temps on the West Coast here under 40 degrees. Have you ever had a, a hottie toddy? Maybe a Tito's toddy? That's uh, some Earl Grey hot tea, some lemon juice, a dollop of honey, one lemon slice as garnish. And uh, one and a half ounces of Tito's handmade vodka. When the guests come over and they're cold, rubbing their hands together, how about a Tito's toddy? 
Did you know a hottie toddy was hot? I guess it makes sense. It's hot. The only but, thing I knew about a hottie toddy was that it was hot. I had I, I I didn't even I just thought it was a saying. I didn't know it was a drink. Do you think it's, it's something drink? they yell at Ole Miss football games? Yeah, I just think it's something that Lane in the sips. <laughs> sip up, sip. What, what is he? Th- <laughs> anyway, Lane has more sweatshirts, but yeah, hottie toddy. Make yourself a hottie toddy. It's Tito's Tuesday. Tito's toddy. And uh, go get yourself a bottle of Tito's, number one vodka in America. Tito's Toddy. Yeah, tis the season, John. So many great options like the Tito's Mary Mule. You know I love, if it's not going to be a John Daly, it's going to be something that involves ginger beer. As I keep saying, Trader Joe's has the very good ginger beer. Uh, half ounce of cranberry, a little lime, a couple dashes of orange bitters if you got those on hand. And um, that's how you make it. You can also go with Tito's Chai Coca. Why can't I say that? that? Sounds like I, I want to say yeah. cocoa. I was going to say cocaina, but that's, you know, that's probably. <laughs> uh, but Tito's, man, it's number one. Uh, you've been sending us photos of you people enjoying your Tito's. We appreciate when you do that. No question. Nothing like a good Sunday 9 a.m. photo of Tito's on somebody's counter ready for the day. And, uh, you know, it's a long day if you're going to get get into it all day long. I think, Plus we've got, I think an underrated amount of people have Sunday fun days. Well, let's go ahead and fold over some Saturday fun days because, hello, we have NFL football on Saturdays for the next two weeks. Yes, we do. We have, uh, so you want to get your gamble on mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Mm. Raiders Browns, Raiders <laughs> Browns Saturday afternoon is like, uh, you know, the undercard for a pretty big heavyweight matchup Saturday night, Colts, uh, Patriots. It's a massive game. I mean, the Colts are fighting for their playoff lives. Belichick just going to cruise the number one seed Saturday night. The Patriots, I guess they're both coming off buys. I didn't notice the Colts definitely didn't play last week. Yeah, Patriots were by. That's I'm a, I'm in on that one. Pats plus two. We've got our lock of the week that we've been doing every week this season. At one point, uh, we started with one fifty each. That's three hundred dollars total. We've been putting a bet on the lock of the week. We have upped that amount to five hundred dollars per bet. We won eleven in a row plus a fourteen parlay. We then lost three in a row this weekend. We lost a three team parlay by one, but we hit our lock, which was Niners minus one against the Bengals. And so we are back on track. What's our pot up to, John? Uh, $3,600, but we, you and I, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but we definitely texted about this. Maybe we did talk about this on Sunday. Do you want to do a little juice chiefs chargers separate we, from the lock of the week this weekend? We, yeah, we texted about it. And are you thinking what, what it feels to me like everybody's going to want to bet chargers plus three. Do you know, I've already moved away from the point spread because you see Chris Jones, uh, Omicron, he's out. They're Slater. Slater. He, he's out. What about a little Mahomes, uh, Herbert firework show over fifty two? Just just an old school indoor Andy game. Reed. The Chargers defense is. I mean the the uh, the Giants put up twenty points. They just scored thirty seven. How about like a little thirty five to thirty game? Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about I, them I, apples? What? Uh, how is? Did they shut down the Chargers last time they played? No, last meeting, Chargers, Chargers won 30-24. to 24. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, say what you want about the Chiefs. Do you want to hear the Chief, what the Chiefs' defense has done since it lost 27-3 to to Tennessee? Nine turnovers last three weeks, guy. They have... What they've created. Uh, well, look at this. They, they haven't allowed 20 points since October 24th. The Chiefs' defense. 
17 well. to the Giants, 7 to the Packers, 14 uh, to the Raiders the first time, 9 to Dallas, 9 to Denver, 9. To, so they've allowed not to the Raiders. They've allowed 9 points in each of the last 3 games defensively. They're hot. So you you want to bet the under? It's not fun betting under. No, I do not I do not want to bet the under in that game. I'm just I, I don't hate the idea of the you. over. I just start I just looking at it wondering are people going to go heavy chargers plus the points at home? You know, betting teams getting points is more fun than than favorites, but you, you like the like over Jason more the than spot? I, I kind of do, but uh, I don't, ha- I don't hate that. I'll, I'll bet on a, I'll bet on Andy in a big game. You know he's been he's been stewing about these guys. They beat him at Arrowhead. Now, ninety five look like Reggie White. That's a pretty big loss. Like a guy's kicking ass. You know, like that's a big part of their defense kicking ass. Is that guy's in the backfield every play? True. That's a great point. All right, I like I do like the over there, but that's I do kind of like the cheat. But-, but the one thing with overs and unders. It's just so out of your control, and you kind of know it right away. Yeah, it's just weird. I, I'm with you. The, everyone's already betting because it opened up at Chargers plus three. So what happens? A lot of money's come in on the Chargers plus three. It's already at three. Or, I mean, it was at plus four. So it's already come down a point. You want to go Chiefs minus three? It's kind of an Andy muscle flex Do you want to wait and hot. see if it comes down even more? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not going to go up. Uh, okay, so that's uh, by the way, that's Thursday. Raiders are plus three right now at Cleveland. <laughs> Wouldn't touch that game. Patriots are plus two at Indy right now. Um, kind of so, like Indy minus two. Yeah, I mean, Bill, it's at home, so it's indoors, not cold. Much like Tom Brady has made a career out of beating the shit out of the Bills, um, Belichick has been preparing like the Colts for the Super Bowl for the last 20 years. Because so, the, the, the Niners line is pretty out of whack. Like I, I guess the Falcons now? aren't that good. It's at nine points. Nine. Like, yeah, to it's, me, because, it's gone up fast. To me, listen, and you and I have bet several times and won money on betting on the Niners. I've watched every snap, and most people have listening to this. That feels like that number should be like six. Are the Niners a nine-point favorite against a team with five wins? I mean, it's just I that that one. I I feel that's three points too high. Nine points at home. For t- at home, that feels to me like it should be seven and a half. Falcons beat them a couple years ago when the Niners were really good, I, and the Falcons. I know were it's not. different. The Falcons yeah, actually just, play them well when they're not good. Remember, remember the game that's what we I'm saw. Saying. The pick of the stick was a bad Falcons team. Like if I just said Niners win, what would you guess the score is? Yeah, I, I mean, fuck, it could be anything. My like, to me, it feels like a thirty-one twenty. But what guessing the score cover? and picking a cover are two different things. I was going to guess 31-23. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I like that guess. Uh, where, why is this? But, but, but where it's like, uh, you know, 31-16, and then Matt Ryan leads them on a meaningless drive where they also have an onside kick opportunity. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's, that it's, type shit. It's going to feel like it should be over, and we'll be like, should we start the pod now? And then it won't be over. That's the Niners. Yep. Kyle, well, Kyle Pitts goes 70, and like three guys missed tackles. Oh, it's like, what the fuck? Uh, Kaiser says lemon, bourbon, and honey. That's good for a cold. Why are people talking about Jacob Eason right now in the stream? Did something happen? Aaron Antoine says, I think Jacob Eason could be great. And Mr. Superfly said, Eason's got a rocket, but he was inconsistent. You dub. I'm on the record as saying, I don't think he's, I mean, they, they, he was their fourth round backup quarterback. He's, they, didn't they cut him in Indy? Why are people talking about Jacob Eason? Something happened. Uh, was Twitter working or just not going to work? 
Falcons are dead last in DVOA. Uh, do you think Mahomes is back? Yes. You? He might have never left, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were just he was just throwing some picks off guys' hands. And he, I mean, he was also... Nothing. He's like Alvin Gentry. Nothing was his fault. Victim of circumstance. I don't know why people were talking about Jacob Eason. I typed his name in. Nothing happened. All right. He's on the Seahawks now. Is that the deal? Eason? Is he? Nobody recruits locally in the NFL like the Seahawks. Like, guys... Well, you don't you have to sign guys from your area. Once once Hayner bowed out, he just landed his dude from Indiana. Penis. My, uh, Penix, who he coached at Indiana, who was yeah. good when he acted. That's interesting. Towards ACL, right? Last yeah. Season. That's interesting. I mean, it, it's got a... Yeah, that's a whole other thing. They got to like navigate. It's a tough little thing to navigate. You got a legacy kind of top recruit starter. You're new. You bring somebody else in that you know. I think not, it's a pretty easy one. On tape you don't need him? to bring that guy in. You just coach the guy that's there. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not, a tight road on you. Unless you don't think like, he's... And it what's was the NFL year, move? He wants to win. It's the NFL year. You just come in and you just coach the guy that's there. And then you pivot the following year. Totally. So that year doesn't even count. I know. I know. No one would give you a hard time if you did anything no. but play the guy everybody wants to see and is from the area and his dad and uncle both played there. Newsflash, though, coaches, you're right. Do not like to lose. Don't, don't like to lose. He's going like, so you want me to just be patient? Like the guy who just got fired after a year and a half, but I should be patient, but he got fired after a year and a half? Fuck yeah. that. Forget you. Penix. Penix. Right? Michael Penix, that's his name? Yeah, tor- torn ACL, though, last season. Penix. Isn't that the name of, uh, uh, what's his name? The white guy from White Man Can't Jump. Uh, Hardy Nickerson. Ed, Ed uh, long hair, semi-pro. His character in Semi Pro is named Penix. Uh, it's over the white guy head. from White Man Can't Jump. Extremely famous actor. Yeah, Woody, Woody, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah. What I call him, Hardy Nickerson. Different person. Didn't he play linebacker for the Bucks? That's right. Very good player. <laughs> uh, all right, John. So we watched Cardinals Rams on Monday Night Football. It's a great game. A style of football that I'm not used to watching. A lot of big plays. And, um, even though the Cardinals lost and are now one game ahead of the Rams in the NFC West at 10 and 3 to the Rams a uh, 10 and yeah th- 3 to the Rams 9 and 4 if you take a look at the overall NFL postseason standings you've got the Niners at the 6 you got Washington at 7 feels like it's going to be tough now that the Rams won as we talked about on Sunday for the Niners to catch the Rams who are two games better than them in the loss column so feel like, like the, the only way possible would be a Seattle upset. They're like a touchdown underdog this weekend to knock off. And the you Rams. still got to beat them again. Yeah, you'd obviously have to win if you win. Yeah. You don't still only be one game behind. Not out of the realm, but it does feel like the we the Niners are kind of just settling in at the six seed, right? Yes. And so if that's happening, we can start looking around and trying to figure out who they're going to play in a wild card round. And it feels like Arizona might be kind of settling in at the at the three seed, right? They lost. They could have jumped ahead to the one seed if they had won on Monday night. They'd put eleven and two, better than Green Bay, better than Tampa. So it's not like Arizona had nothing to play for. You're saying they didn't have anything to play for? No, no. I'm saying it's not like they didn't have anything to play for. If they had won, they would have been the the one seed for sure. They not just the one seed, but definitely the division would have been a wrap. Like I, I wrote down, the division is not over over. 
right? I mean, do you trust Arizona just to get the job done the rest of the season? Like, I, I, one thing's clear of the Niners settling at the sixth spot, and you and I have talked the last couple of weeks, Tampa, worst-case scenarios, going 3-1. and one. There's a decent chance they go 4-0, and oh, and they are the number one seed. Same thing with Green Bay. Like, to me, the number one and two seeds are going to be Green Bay and Tampa in some order, and that feels right. That was the NFC Championship game last year. You got Tom Brady, greatest quarterback ever. You got Aaron Rodgers. Let's face it, he's like a Super Bowl away from being, not. you know, he's probably a top five guy to being like, could this guy go down as like the second best quarterback of all time? Like, he's got a lot of career left, right? Like, Aaron's yeah. Aaron's career, he could win the MVP this year. Those two teams should be one and two. Not, I know the Cardinals have had a fantastic season. I don't even fault them for losing that game last night. Like, you play 13 games. I know in a vacuum, losing that game at home Monday night sucks. But in what world, if I told everyone involved with the Cardinals, every executive, every coach, every player, every fan, you're going to play 13 games and you're going to win 10 of them to start the NFL season. <laughs> Order what you wouldn't care. Yeah, the problem with Arizona is only that they're trying to overcome their own history, right? They have not been a good late season team. Their quarterback has not been good late in the year. They are five and seven now, including Monday night in December under Cliff Kingsbury. Two and three, two and three, and this year one and one. Those are their historic December records under Cliff. Not a huge sample size, but that's what they are right now. So the question is, is Arizona going to change who they've been for the last two years now? Or is this the beginning of something else? Right. Well, they get the they get the Lions this week. So right. I, I think they could beat the Lions with Colt McCoy, let alone Kyler. I think they're then gonna finish I, at least twelve and five. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so so you think the Colts game is huge. That's that's a Saturday night game the following week. And then the Cowboy game at Dallas. I know Dallas has been a little weird, but that's that's a big time playoff level game, right? That's that's gonna be a huge game. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that thing. I would I would venture to say that it'll be a national morning slot game, right? Like Arizona, Dallas, just re, you know all over the regions in the morning spot. Like I, I'd be shocked. At Dallas? I don't know who the Niners play that week. Wait, why would that bet- game be a 1 o'clock Fox game? It's a 10 a.m. Fox game. Oh. Da- Dallas okay. plays sometimes at noon. You know, mm-hmm. they rare. I would it shock you if that thing gets flexed up to the 125 mark? I, you know, it's got potential. I know who will be Seattle. calling it, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, the Packers might have a big game that week or something, right? That's probably, it could be, or Tampa. Yeah, but the the Cowboys not having a big game is a big game. But, yeah, good point. So, I, I would guess that two Sorry, and two and weeks, worst. Week 17, their opponent is? Seattle. Which yeah, so, I think this week's this game's big for Seattle this week, who plays the Rams, because we've talked about this before. If Seattle wins this week and they're six and eight, the next two games are Lions and Bears. Like I, I we could be looking at Seattle eight and eight. Now this week's going to be hard. Stafford felt like he got his mojo, but I think if you're the 49ers, I would just take my chance. Like if I was saying, hey, you could play the Rams, or you could play the Cardinals. Because I the Rams could still catch the Cardinals. I would rather play the what Cardinals. What about Dallas? Just, I think Dallas has to be in that conversation since they play and they're only one game worse than Arizona. Oh, you're saying and that they can get to leader. the you're saying Yeah, Dallas is nine and four, Arizona's ten and three. I would rank them going this way. I would say I'd take my chances with Arizona would be my number one seed based on just simply Cliff Kingsbury's gonna beat Kyle Shanahan three times. He might. Easy travel, shortest. Yeah. 
I would probably put the Rams second. Again, like Arizona, common opponent. You've obviously had a lot of success, but if Stafford's going to play like he did last night, I think it's fair to say that Ambry Thomas and fucking whoever, Josh Norman, it would be a challenge, right? Now, Dallas would be last, even though I'm not fearing them or whatever, but if they are fully healthy, they have like five wide receivers, guy. I mean, who the hell is covering CeeDee Lamb in a Only throw it one at a time. And Micah Parsons against Compton and, you know, uh, Brunskill. I don't love that matchup. Lawrence is back. I, I watched some of that game. He's back. He had a pick where one of those, kind of like Floyd did, where he, you know, he's 6'3", 6'4", leaps in the air, taps it, goes straight up, falls right in his hands. Like, those guys make me nervous. <laughs> Not, obviously, the Cardinals have Chandler. Um, you know, the Rams have Aaron Donald. But for whatever reason, Daniel Brunskill turns into Larry Allen whenever he faces Aaron Donald. <laughs> it's just like, why does Brunskill keep starting? Because he has two games a year where he stones Aaron Donald and Kyle loves him. There's there's some pitcher out there who who Barry Bonds hit 280 off of with no strikeouts, you know? I mean, with no home what runs. Would you, how would you rank, obviously it's an away game, Rams, Cardinals, Cowboys, who you'd want to play to least want to play. Yeah, I mean, my gut, uh, not my gut, my first reaction when you just talk about those teams is that I like the – I think the Rams and Cardinals can both be better than Dallas. Um, Their quarterbacks, Kyler scares me the most of those three with Matthew Stafford right there with them. Both of them, I think, can be more dangerous than Dak. Like, did you take away because last Dak, night he was playing poor or just had a couple bad plays that cost him big? Kyler? Guy? But, yeah. Uh, I, I think he does some wild shit, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So, I think what you get, to me, what you get with Kyler is a higher ceiling. I do think there's a lower floor there. Dak, I think, actually gives you some pretty consistent, solid quarterback play. And I yeah, would say his Multiple is, picks. Multiple picks against football team. Talking about Dak? It's good defense. I think Dakota. Dak's. I think Dak's Dakota's floor is higher. I think both Stafford. Stafford's never played as uh, like Dak's been on some pretty big stages. Now I think Matthew Stafford's good. Monday night was a good big stage, but he has not played that winner go home game that often in his career. Right. No. So I think Dak is more experienced than those other two guys in that spot. I think their defense is playing really well. I think Who's their that? offense, Dallas. Yeah, I think their offense is scary. I feel maybe it's because I just see the Rams and the Cardinals a lot. Um, even though you have kind of the Rams number, that's a dangerous game to play in the postseason. Yes, so, I would agree. Uh, I'd put the Cardinals one as well. Even though they do a bunch of stuff that I think they've got a mobile quarterback, they've got receivers that, while they don't burn you necessarily with A.J. Green and uh, DeAndre Hopkins – they are play. They've proven to be playmakers, um, but I'd put Arizona one. I think that you had them one as well. I'd have and them to one me. As well. It's I, I, I feel like it's, I, because here's my deal. I'll just finish my summary on this. Is I think Dallas is probably better than my natural instinct on them is. My natural instinct on them is they're a little overrated. They're not really that great in winning time, and I don't trust their coach. I think their coach is the worst of the three. I think Styles make fights, and I. I uh, I mean, McCarthy's done a lot more than Cliff. Now, right now in a vacuum, Cliff has had a better season. He's calling plays. Mike's just stands there. That's fair. I just think who scares you more one game to play? 
yeah, you could say Kyler. That's probably probably would. My my thing more though is gets back to the styles. I just think you're so comfortable against those two teams. The Cowboys were. You're right. On a given game, if they all play their B game, you'd probably pick the Cowboys. But like they have legitimately an an unlimited amount of wide receivers and two guys that are just elite. So if those two guys are rolling, like the difference with Hopkins, who could kill you, but he's not running away from you. Like Amari and CD are scooting. And the Niners just do not good with guys running go. Hopkins doesn't run go routes. I, I think they can not cover them all equally. I, I, it's, the Cardinals had a ton of big plays on Monday night, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Kyler threw for almost 400 yards. Well, and, I'm just and saying, the one like thing they, he does, he lets it rip. Yeah. I mean, like, well, yeah. Who's covering Christian Kirk? Right. Well, Jalen Ramsey was out. Well, cool. The Niners don't have Jalen Ramsey, so whatever. No, they have Josh Norman, who's half as fast, I guess, or double as. Yeah, half as slow. I don't even know if that makes sense. Half as fast. Who's I think sl- you said it right. Who's slow? It's just slow. Half as fast. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's a good point. All these I teams, they'll have the wide receivers and will air it out, though, right? It's, it's, it's the playoffs, right? We're talking about the playoffs. The familiarity is a good point. Are you are you betting on Arizona not being good in December again? Is that part of what you're betting on? Uh, to me, it's just basic. You know, we do this a lot in the NCAA tournament when we're kind of like getting to like the, the, you know, doing our bracket and be like, oh, you know, Georgetown has to play UConn. Well, they've already beat them twice, and they beat them in the ACC tournament. Can they beat them four times? It is, and it's always like, it's very difficult to beat a team seven times in one season. Well, in the NFL, if you play a divisional opponent in the playoffs, you've already played them twice. Now, I bet if we just did a look back at the history of the league, a lot of times when there are multiple playoff teams, you probably split probably over half the time. But if a team has swept someone twice, beating a team three times in an in a football season is a lot, right? The statistics would just be against you because that would mean you're a playoff team too, and it just be I, I'm just shorting the ability to beat a team three times. And the same would go for the Rams. So you, you would take the Raiders if they were to run into the Chiefs again, or is this only a playoff? Uh, th- that would be a situation that I would still give the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt on that thing. Gotcha. But luckily, we don't have to worry team. about that because the Raiders, you know, made the playoffs one time and you know, our adult life. So that's not really ever something we have to talk about. That was me. But, but a fact, take right. no joy, take no joy, <laughs> take no joy in that. Uh, you know, the other part of that, I think the Niners are actually, we have to go back and look, they, as an organization, pretty comfortable playing Dallas. I don't know that that applies to anybody in particular uh, on this game. I think they could beat all three. Um, you know, like to me, you start playing Tampa. They're pretty familiar with, obviously, Green Bay. They're familiar with. This You're is right. why I, I am I am discounting Dallas, and I shouldn't have been as the three seed. They are still very much alive for that thing, right? The other thing is, schedule, if their schedule is not hard, they play their division. They play. Do they still have four divisional games left? Guy, they play the Giants this weekend. They play the football team again. Who? Let's face it, they were up twenty-one nothing, pretty fucking fast. Twenty-three yeah, nothing, pretty fast in that game. Yeah. Then the Cardinals game, which is huge, but it's at home, and they end with the Eagles. Who I don't know if you remember Monday Night Football against Jalen Hurts. That thing was pretty ugly. <laughs> they kicked the shit out of the Eagles. So, so they play not, four. They have four games left. Three in the NFC East. Yeah, they they could you know probably minimum three and one. They they could get to twelve and five pretty easily. Yeah, it's setting up to twelve and five. Uh, you know, I, why is it hard to beat a team three times is because, you know, I tend to think, uh, that if a team's beaten you twice, it's, they've beaten you twice. So 
they're better than you. Um, now, if the games are close, that's a different story. Is it harder to beat a team a third time because the team that won twice doesn't approach the game in quite the same way that the team that lost twice did? Well, you're going Chip Kelly here. You're asking the why. You just you just say the saying. It's hard to beat a team three times. So you just move on. That's just that's just what you say, and you move on. <laughs> you know, it's hard to beat a team three times. So you just move yeah, on to the next okay. subject. All right. Well, I think there's logic to it. Um, it's especially I think. You know, teams change. Teams evolve. Teams get better. Teams get worse. You know, what you did week three, even if you've only played a team once, may not be relevant by the time you get to week 16, by the time you get to the playoff. So. I mean, the Niners did lose 17 to 10 with their backup quarterback, who granted they traded three first round picks for, but uh, (laughs) it was a rookie making his first start against the Cardinals 17 to 10. Yeah. Now. Kyler did miss a wide open, if I remember correctly. Was it Hopkins that he short-armed a ball? The guy was literally standing there in the end so of the ball by himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know that the Cardinals, again, it's it's I, I don't know what to make of it. They're 7-0 and on the road and 3-3 three and three at home. Like, their, their three losses have been hmm. at home. Who? They've lost to the, the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. They lost to a little out of character, but it was a random Carolina Panthers. Remember Cam Newton, I'm back, screaming. And obviously they yeah. lost last night to the Rams. That's a bad, That's a bad loss. Panthers. It wasn't just the worst. It wasn't just an L. They out. lost thirty four. They lost thirty four to ten. I mean, if they don't get the one seed by a game, that's one of the worst. That's one of the worst losses in the NFL this year. Thirty four to ten. That's bad. Uh, Tyler, I saw this in some of the other YouTube comments on some other videos. By the way, on the stream, Tyler here weighs in. Middlecoff rules Walnut Creek with an iron fist. So, congrats to you, Mayor. Thanks. <laughs> Your Highness. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, we're going to talk about Nick Bosa now. Prepare yourselves, everybody. Prepare yourselves for the first $30 million non-quarterback in the NFL. You and I were talking about Bosa on Sunday, and I think you made the comment, or I made the comment, maybe we both made the comment, that watching Bosa, it's incredible how – he seems to get stronger as the game goes on. And so I did a little, uh, just a little research project, John, on, uh, on Monday to look at, uh, this was assigned by me to myself, just to take a little look at what Nick Bosa does. And here's the deal. Nick Bosa has 14 sacks this year. Of those 14 sacks, half of them have come in the fourth quarter or overtime. The Bengals game, he had two sacks. One of them was an OT. So that's his OT sack. So seven of his 14 sacks coming overtime. So if it feels like Nick Bosa gets better as the game goes on, if it feels like Nick Bosa is in the best shape on the field while other people are wearing down, uh, then it's true. Nick Bosa's clutch. Nick Bosa get. I, I wouldn't even say he gets stronger. He just gets no weaker as the game goes on. He continues to play at the rate that he does early. Now, I do think, you know, historically there are some teams where they score so many points that it's just part of the recipe is they get up by 20. You got to play catch up. Now they're throwing the football, and now they invented that strategy. Not, I mean, it's, it's a it's a pretty normal strategy, right? You want to have a lead, but was Bill Polian and with Peyton Manning, they built their team around with right? Robert Mathis and uh, and Farini, Dwight Farini. But I don't think that's necessarily what's happening here. I think Nick. Do you? I mean, it could no, be I a think part both of it. those those two guys would be like. We were good fucking in the first quarter, fourth quarter. Like, Nick Bosa's good no matter what, right? I mean, part of what is making him special is 
he is his energy level like you know curry's about to break the record we're recording this before if you watch steph he never stops running honestly he's never breeze hard do you notice that he's never really huffing and puffing ever incredible honestly i see that like do you ever see nick like tapping out calling for a breather it's pretty never defense defensive linemen do aaron donald does that not when that he often, said, but some guys do. When he said he was coming back from the ACL in better shape, uh, he was right. No, it's a good point, John. So seven of his 14 are in the fourth quarter overtime. Nine of his 14 are in the second half. The average time of game that has passed when he gets his sack is 39 minutes into the game. So that's the late third quarter. We went way too far on this. You go, all right, well, maybe it is something weird about the offense and the way his team plays, but this is what elite guys do because he is tied with T.J. Watt for the most sacks in the fourth quarter or overtime in the NFL this year. He is, again, I want to call him clutch, but it's not clutch. He's just the same all game long, and people wear down as the game goes on. One thing, um, I'm listening to that uh, It's Better to Be Feared book, the Belichick-Brady book that came out in October, Jeff Benedict. Good. Yeah, pretty good. Really good. One thing Bill learned uh, early in his career was he misjudged he didn't carry an extra defensive lineman. And he realized that the game is long. You got a long halftime, which in theory should mean rest. But the game is so long and it's so taxing that taking one less defensive lineman is a mistake because those guys those guys really expend a lot of energy as the game goes on. And it came back to bite them. I mean, ultimately, they, they won their first Super Bowl with Brady. But the point is that was... A defensive lineman who can maintain that level of play throughout the game is is a rare thing. So here he is with TJ Watt side by side. And so then what do you do? You do a quick peek of the contract situation. You realize, oh, Nick is getting ready for a contract, John. And his comps are his brother, Joey, who signed a five-year extension worth $135 million with 102 in overall guarantees. And TJ, whose brother JJ signed a contract or two, TJ in September was holding out until he and the owner of the Steelers decided, you know what, guys, let's do this with a handshake and a look in each other's eye. Four year, 112, 80 million guaranteed. Now, while his guarantee number was not as big as Joey's, it made him at $28 million per year, the highest paid per year non quarterback in the NFL. So if Nick is at least as good as TJ, and if Nick is a Bosa, not a Watt, meaning eh, I don't think there's going to be a handshake with the owner and a, I just want to stay here for the rest of my career negotiation, then how does he not become the first $30 million per year non-quarterback? Wasn't the Schefter report that 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 uh, Watt had just had enough and he stormed into Rooney's and he, and he banged with his, we need to get this done, sir. <laughs> I, yep. I did just look. Joey and TJ, because obviously as a first-round pick, We've seen guys sign after their third year. You know, it happens a lot. It mainly happens with quarterbacks, right? Josh Allen and Mahomes are two famous guys that signed enormous contracts after their third year. TJ Watt and Joey Bosa both signed their deals, and they were both first-round picks. TJ was later, but Joey was, you know, what, the third, fourth pick in the draft? He, they signed their deal after the fourth year. So I do wonder, like, if you're the Niners, and they are notorious for this, the team that Harbaugh inherited – was built with fantastic contracts with Pro Bowl-level players that they always signed early. You know, part of it would be Joey Work being aggressive to sign you extra early. Does he have as much leeway as, like, those two guys waited, and they both 
TJ did the hold in where he didn't practice. Joey, I just looked on his wiki, said, I think it happened right right at the end of July, so it was before really camp, because he would have been, he held out, remember, as a rookie. <laughs> right. He also got 102 in overall guarantees, so, you know, that wasn't got a lot more, to hold got, out for at the time. Yeah, got more money. You know, if one thing we've seen Parag, like, he, they will try to extend Joey Bosa this off, or Nick Bosa this offseason. To me, the Bosa family has not taken discounts. Part of it is given a discount. Like, would he sign the TJ Watt deal this offseason with still multiple years of team control, right? Well, uh, you know, you're you think talking about your options going to get picked up. You think that's a no brainer? <laughs> that's what's important, right? Is you're talking about an extension, you're not talking necessarily getting to free agency any earlier if you sign a three year, a four year extension now versus a five year extension in two years. Because he's two years away. Like Debo, for example, when you are the not a first-round pick, you get extended when you're a player of his caliber after your third year. Because no, you don't want to play it out to his free agency and then have to do the whole song and dance with a franchise tag. Then he has a little leverage, right? Right. So like Debo is a lock to get extended this offseason, unless he has a horrific injury, which would be fucking devastating and screw the team. And they'd be Not screwed. Everyone would be. So it, he's getting extended. Including those Bosa, businesses that grift off of them. The, the Bosa thing's a little interesting. The Niners will try. Does he? Well, I think it goes back to the number, right? Which is, are we doing shorter extension? Because the Niners might be willing to do something that looks more like TJ Watt's contract than Joey's contract, right? I think, they would do that a, I think they would do that in a heartbeat. Because four years really? basically equals... You have him in a contract for six more years, right? TJ, for taking so much less in overall guarantees, at only one million more per year in annual value, should have signed a bigger contract relative to what Joey signed, right? I would say but that's these are very, the comps now. I saw Albert Rear or someone, maybe it was Rap Sheet, that the salary cap remember went down this year to like one ninety or whatever, or one eighty. It significantly dropped. It's going to be back approaching two ten. So I think if you look over the next couple of years, well, if it's 210, then what's it going to be in like two or three, 230, 240? Could you just say, hey, we'll give you 105 and do a Joey Bosa level deal this offseason, and then in a couple of years that looks cheap? Because I as think like, as- the team, if you have TJ Watt, Joey Bosa, and I think Miles Garrett got a similar like $100 million too, in two years if those guys keep playing at that level – that's a fucking fantastic deal. Because we talk a lot about the average per year. It's really about the guaranteed money, right? Yeah, and the percentage of the cap. I mean, that is really the number that matters, right? $30 million yeah. per year sounds crazy to us. In 10 years, $30 million per year will sound not crazy. What's up? I mean, $30 million, but unless the cap... Thirty million if on two hundred and fifteen million, two hundred and twenty million is still a relatively... You know, right? Because 15 million would be 15%. I mean, it's... You know, it's 12, 13% of your cap, one player, right? Over 10% I'm, of a cap. Yeah, I'm saying in 10 years, if that number, right, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. everything will go up, the inflation, so to speak, of it all. Right. So you still need, at the end of the day, that player to be on the field and performing at this level, no matter how much, no matter what that overall cap number, uh, the overall cap number is. Well, like to me, if you look at it, I think. Joey's been banged up this season. Now, granted, he's been banged up a lot of his career. Is that he's got eight and a half sacks this year, which is fine. But like TJ Watt and Miles Garrett, I think their teams feel, you know, 
holy shit, this is an incredible deal. We got these guys under contract. They're kicking ass. I think the Joey's like, yeah, we didn't really have a choice, but we'd like a little bit more. Part of like well, Nick, they- you give him $30 million a year, you just need this version of Nick for like the next three years, right? Like Trent Williams, you gave him all that money. Every week I see he's the highest graded PFF guy in the league in every position. It's like his just, run grade was 99.6 <laughs> this week. It's like, yeah, we see he tosses people every play. But that's all you want. Now, that's really, you don't need to be 99, but I need A grades. They can be A minuses, they can be A's, they can be A pluses, but I, you just need to be in the A's, right? Miles Garrett and, and TJ Watt, both those two guys, like looking at this, if you do the all pro team, you can finagle it a little bit, but like, if you could just pick two defensive ends for your all-pro team, now TJ technically outside linebacker, but he, to me he's pass rusher. It's just Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa, and you just put TJ Watt and uh, and make Micah Parsons linebackers. Yeah, that's probably what you have to do because Nick Bosa has to be a first-team all-pro, right? I think but so. So does Mi- so does Miles Garrett have to be first-team all-pro? Yes. <laughs> so. Those are probably your first two team all pros. And then you just finagle it, even though Parsons and TJ, I think you can put them at linebacker. It's like putting like Anthony Davis as like your first team overall, not necessarily this year, but I mean, like center, even though he plays different positions. TJ like, made it as an edge rusher last year. Him and Miles Garrett. He gets complicated. Because Micah Parsons is going to be on the team. That's fine. You, he's, a, he's a linebacker, though. It's going to be new linebackers this year. Who were your linebackers last year? Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, Darius Leonard. Adios to at least two of those. Yeah. Darius, Wag- if you watch the Hard Knocks, he's popping balls out a lot. He's like Josh Norman, but he's actually good. It's like, yeah, I cover and I tackle. I also pop the ball out. It's like, yeah, that's it's cool when your punch is I, like your third pitch. Yes, ideally the punch isn't in place of trying to make a tackle. Yeah, or if you're a corner covering. As was the case on the Uzuma third down catch the other day, but we're not, we're not relitigating. No one ever complained that Dion or Darrell Revis didn't punch, right? It's like, Oh, Oh, twice a game when he has to make a tackle. If given the choice, I think primetime famously said they don't pay me to tackle. That's right. Which again, Shanahan would just be running jet sweeps and Debo right at him. They wouldn't throw at him, but they'd run at him. No, they wouldn't. So that would have been a fun little matchup. Yeah. John, let's tell the people that, we are brought to you by Sleep Number. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Yeah, Tell the right now. Yeah. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Save up to five hundred dollars. Uh it's important to get a restful night's sleep. You think Nick Bosa is able to rush the passer without a good night's sleep? You think Miles Garrett became a hundred million dollar man staying up all night? No. You need a good night's sleep. Quality sleep is essential for optimal health, performance, and well-being. You think these two guys could do a podcast several times a week? Do you know how difficult this is without a good night sleep? Could we do a guy? I don't think no. we could. No, I could. Not at a high level. Yeah, because you know why? Because less sleep can have an adverse effect on memory retention. How would we be able to tell you about sports stuff without memory retention? You know, <laughs> the only way I get memory retention is sleep. My sleep number bed. Some people claim, but nobody has ever proven that they get better with less sleep. Oh, I'm great on no sleep. Yeah, but you'd be better with great sleep. And John, if you're going to get great sleep, you might as well get a great deal on your sleep, right? Yes. So proven quality sleep 
for the holidays. Save up to $500 on select number 360 smart beds during Sleep Number's holiday savings event. Plus, special financing for a limited time only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. How about drinktrade.com slash ham? Now, this is coffee, ladies and gentlemen. I had it again today. It was delicious. It's, uh, I think, Sight Glass is the name of the coffee that I got from uh, Drink Trade. It's fantastic. I'm a big fan. And uh, here's the good news. When I finish that one, I'm going to get another bag of coffee catered directly to me because the best coffee awaits you at drinktrade.com slash ham. When you then use the code ham, you get 20 bucks off your first three bags at checkout. Are you, uh, you just drink it black or you go a little cream? Do you go a little vanilla flavor? You go hazelnut? Yeah, oh, I love a hazelnut. I've got cream that has a little sweet cream. It's a little sweet cream is what it is. Yep, just a little. Ooh, just a little. Yeah, just a little dab, you know, a little dab. You don't want it to look like a milkshake, you know, because that's... Uh, I love a little cream in my coffee as well. Again, Trade Coffee will match you with copies of 400-plus craft coffees, and they deliver it special. Is that what happened to you, guys? They just That's delivered exactly. to your house special? Delivered in like two days after I selected it. How did you choose? Did you just kind of do a little research, or how did... No, I didn't have to do a damn thing, thank God. I just went on the website at drinktrade.com slash am. I answered some questions. First, like, it's like, do you know a lot about coffee? I was like, nope. I was like, no problem. Just answer these other questions. What kind of coffee maker do you have? Uh, what kind of, you know, do you like really strong coffee? Do you like light roast? It explains to you that light roast doesn't necessarily mean light strength. It's actually strong strength. But you know, the light it down medium first. is actually stronger caffeinated than dark. Had no idea until I took this quiz at drink slash am. So bang, bang, boom. I answered some questions. It goes, hey, here's what we're sending you. Two days later, it's there. Then it shows me what's on deck. I get the batting order. Like, coming on this date, you're going to get this. Coming on this date, you're going to get this. Coming on this date, you're going to get this. Unless I want to change it, which I can, but nothing's going to sneak up on me. Right now, you can do the same thing. Go to drinktrade.com slash ham. Then use the code ham. Take the quiz for your journey to the perfect cup. 20 bucks off your first three bags at checkout. And by the way, it's a great gift this holiday season. Give the coffee lover in your life the gift of better coffee. Their own personalized gift coffee subscription from Trade drinktrade.com slash ham then code ham did you see this last comment by mr superfly 87 i'm very offended by this i think because i don't know if you noticed that uh last night the rams game a fellow bald brother started at left tackle 40 years old andrew Mm. whitworth yeah i did notice and listen it was an incredible accomplishment but i don't think it's that crazy you know why because i think 40 is like the new 33 so, yeah, 40 back when my, my parents were growing up in, like, the 80s. Yeah, 40 was old. You see some pictures of people at 40 years old in, like, the 40s? They look like they were 80. Right now, we're healthy. I, I feel 28, guy. I feel fantastic. I need a good night's sleep because I just don't do that well without sleep. It's I'm how like you maintain. That. I was like being, that when I was 17. Yeah, it's how you maintain looking like a 30-year-old or feeling like a 30-year-old when you're 40, you know? As you're pushing 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, just right now, go Google like, uh, you know, presidents from the 1800s. And you're going to see some old ass looking 55. Year- Actually, most of those guys are pretty old, I think, when they, get, they got the presidency. But, you know, if I had more time to prepare, I could get a good list going. <laughs> well, did you see that story going viral on Nancy Reagan? Uh, I did see that story. Yes. <laughs> 
did you notice like when well obviously when the Reagans were in office in the eighties, they were older, right? They I yeah. think he was seventy. Like he she they looked very old. Yes. But when you see some pictures of Ronald like in his thirties, he was a very, very good looking, you know, he's tall, skinny, good looking mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He's a really movie, he's an actor. Looked like an actor. Yeah. You know who looked Great like he got some, who looked like to me could have got some sleep uh watching Monday Night was Cliff. Cliff looked like he could use a little Kingsbury. Didn't did you feel that way? I just think the NFL, when you're an offensive coordinator... Slash Lululemon model. Yeah, I, I think he's a little overrated as a good... Like, he's a good-looking guy, you know? But I, I don't think he's like a 10 out of 10, you know? Well, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, if Cliff was working at Starbucks, you wouldn't think twice about it. But that's yeah, like... You'd be like, oh, it's a... Yeah, I mean, if you're with your girlfriend or your wife, she'd be like, oh, it's a good-looking guy. Like, that was... That's as good-looking of a coaching matchup as you're going to get, right? Those two guys, because they're in shape. That's part of it. I, to like, me, it's, it's in When I say Lululemon model, I don't mean facial symmetry. I just mean that's what these guys wear is, is like medium dry fits. Well, I think here would be a good example. If you pulled women, like 40-year-old, like early late 30s, early 40s, I think a guy in the NFL they would most gravitate toward would be Mike Vrabel. Oh, I think he might be a sleeper with certain. I think Mike Vrabel would be a huge hit with women like 35 and older. I think they would just, he would be like their type. If you went women in their, girls in their 20s, women's in their 20s, I think Kingsbury would probably be the number one selection, right? Uh, LaFleur, too pretty. LaFleur's a pretty good-looking dude, actually. Yeah, he's yeah. well, I know. I'm just no, I'm, LaFleur would be on there. To me, John Harbaugh, sneaky, would make the list. I could see, like, or maybe not the 40s would. I, I think they would like John Harbaugh. I agree. Until they were around him and realized he was nuts. Sirianni, college freshman would be all over <laughs> Sirianni. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy, you think we're getting any juice or not, really? Yeah. I, I actually think Brandon Staley is just skinny. So anytime you're just skinny, like you're going to resonate with at least half the population. Tomlin. All right. Worm says, what are we talking about? Yeah. Let's <laughs> anyway, on to our next discussion, which is this actually it has something to do with cliff. I just happened to be looking at this. Uh, I just happened to be looking at this. This sounds like a, this sounds like a bleacher report slideshow for June, June of night of, of 2007. That was good content. What we just did right there. Um, but I just have me looking at some stuff. The Jets are second to last in takeaways in the NFL. Now, the that's not turnover margin. That's takeaways. They're my, they're taking nine nine takeaways is what they've taken. Uh, in turnover margin, I can go back and double check. the The Jags are the worst in the league at minus nineteen in turnover margin. But this conversation started you and I before the show because I said to you the Jets are are minus nine or sorry, have nine takeaways, second worst in the NFL. What is Robert Sala doing? And as you said to me, well, for his defense, nothing, because he's a CEO head coach, and that's a problem. Well, I know we both, I I know you watched the Dan Lanning press conference, the new head coach at Oregon. I went and watched some of it, and he gave a great, he had a great line that said, and you just say the word football, it gets him excited. Like, that's just his heart rate. I think it said it gets his heart rate going. Yeah, it gets his heart rate going. And I asked, like, did he mention that he was going to be the defensive coordinator? And we kind of, we didn't, I don't think he actually said it. I know I he was asked by his offensive coordinator. But then I started thinking, like, in college, it really is different. And, you know, Urban has been a point of conversation over the last, really all season, but definitely since that story came out on Saturday, which, weird timing. Like, that story is a Sunday morning story, yet it came out on Saturday, kind of for a reason, it felt like. And CEO head coaches in college, you can really impact the team, right? Because you can recruit 
So yeah, there are there are a ton of CEO head coaches in college all over the place. Like probably ones that you don't even realize are see like yeah, he does not call plays. Like Dubor. Dubor's not going to call plays for the Washington Huskies. And he's an offensive coordinator. But, but he it didn't do it for weird. the Fresno State Bulldogs. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't even need to do it. And it's like he just has it. We're in the NFL. We were talking about Sala, and we've been talking about this the whole time. Kind of weird. Did just the moment he was hired, he just hired a defensive coordinator and said, "Like I'm going to become a CEO." It's like, bro, we're n- you're not Warren Buffett, you know, you're not Jamie Dimon of Chase Bank here. You're you're 41 year old. Three years ago, couldn't sniff a head coaching interview. Now you just become a CEO. And then we went and looked at like all the teams in the league that are having success, especially the NFC. Most of the coaches, right? Lafleur, boom, kicking ass, taking names, play caller, head coach. McVay, play caller, head coach. I'd say Arian's a little unique, gave it up pretty recently. Lifetime, when he was kicking ass the head coach, offensive coordinator, right, with some of those Carson Palmer teams. And his transition to, like, become a, a mentor, and he has a mentee in uh, in Byron Leftwich. So it's it's understandable. And they have Brady. It's kind of a unique situation. McCarthy, I think, has taken a lot of shit because people are like, what are you actually doing? <laughs> like, Kellen's calling the place. People keep saying, like, why don't just make Kellen the head coach if he's going to get jobs? Kyle Shanahan. Sirianni is a good example. The Eagles were in shambles early in the season, and then they've just kind of righted the ship, and they've played much better offense. You go, well, he's impacting the game. And you look at the AFC, right? I mean, Andy Reid, people act like he's not the offensive coordinator. He's the offensive coordinator. Now, I think, what's his name? Biennemi calls some plays, but Andy Reid is running the game. He runs meetings. Uh, The Chargers. Staley is the defensive coordinator. The Indianapolis Colts, Frank Wright, is the offensive coordinator. If, if I was an owner, I don't think I could, unless Mike Tomlin became available, I would not hire a coach, especially under 45 years old, that wanted to be a CEO. At least Dan Lanning, if he ultimately doesn't call defensive plays. A big reason they're hiring him, he's coming from a recruiting factory slash one of the best recruiters in the country, Kirby Smart, and they take it very seriously, Right. Yeah, I do think he is viewed to your, and this is to your point though. I do think he is viewed as a defensive. I'm going to talk in like overly flowery, you know, a defensive wizard. Like I think people think he is a, he was bound to be a head coach. And even though some people on the West Coast had to Google his name, the fact is he did not have to leave Georgia because he was the defensive freaking coordinator in Georgia. He wasn't going to leave he was Georgia. Making a Georgia guy. Yeah, he wasn't leaving to take the Nevada job. So whatever job he was getting was going to be because somebody said to him, "Hey, dude, we think you're a star. Let's make you a star head coach of this star program." But Sala is a good example. Last year, I mean, I have to do some. It felt like just remembering off the top of my head, he was the number one candidate. And remember, he had I think there were seven open for the jobs. Jets or just in the in uh, general. Uh, the did, league. Didn't he interview with six teams? Like he was interviewing with everyone. Remember he turned down the Eagles last minute for even an interview? Like he could have taken a lot of maybe Arthur Smith would have been up there too as a guy that everyone was interviewing. But like Yeah. You is it fair to say Robert Sala was going to have multiple job opportunities? Yes. Well, these people offering him the job, I, I would not have allowed, like, Robert, I'm hiring you to be my defensive coordinator slash the head coach. You just the reason you're getting hired is because you're coming from the 49ers. Because the guy you worked for is the head coach and the play caller. Like, Brandon Staley probably made Tom Telesco and Dean Spanos, well, part of it, they, don't, they didn't have to pay him a premium rate. He was only a one-year coordinator, so he'd get him a little cheaper. 
But when Brandon Saley goes, yeah, I'm going to call the plays. Don't you feel better as a general manager? It's part of the reason you're interviewing because your defense is sweet. I, I just, I can't fathom. I get it. Like I've even convinced myself in college, it's understandable because you can recruit the shit out of players, right? But when it's a double whammy, right? Like Lincoln Riley, like Lincoln takes a lot of pride in recruiting and he's your offensive play caller. Isn't that like the equivalent of having Andy Reid as your head coach? It's like, my guy's my head coach. Everyone loves him as a leader. And he's my guy dialing up the place or Sean Payton or something. Like it's, that's the ultimate. Like Nick Saban. If at any moment Nick Saban has to call the defense, Nick Saban can call the defense. Ryan Day. Ryan Day is the offensive coordinator and he's a really good recruiter. And he's a good leader. People like him. Like that's, isn't that what the goal of getting a head coach? Now, every, you know, like for example, this year, Brian Dayball, let's just say he's going to make the interview route. You know, who knows? The Bills are kind of in shambles. But let's just use his name because he's already kind of in the mix. If I hire Brian Dayball, like, I want you to call the plays. Not after Josh what I've McDaniel. seen the last two weeks. No, okay, Josh McDaniels. Like, if Josh McDaniels ever finally does take a job or takes over for the Patriots, wouldn't you want him to just keep making the offensive play calls? Isn't that yeah. part of his, like, attribute? And I And I, like, to me, there's... I want you to do whatever your greatest strength is. Let's start with that and then work backwards. So what are your greatest strengths, right? Let's start there. And for Kyle Shanahan, as an example, calling offense is one of his greatest strengths. So let's start with that. Now, for you you to be a head coach. Yeah, sorry. It's his greatest strength. Now, for you to be the head coach, you have to be able to do more than that. But let's start by doing the thing you are best at and then adding to your play instead of starting by subtracting the thing that you do best at and then trying to switch back and add to your play. I mean, the best coaches can call one side of the football for the most part. Mike Tomlin hasn't had to, but, I mean, it is what he did. He was a defensive coordinator. Now, for him, was Dick LeBeau there when he took over? He wasn't going to step in and coach defense as the defensive coordinator, right? So maybe if he had been the defensive coordinator when he got that job, it's probably a little different when you take over a bad team versus when you take over a good team, right? He took over yeah. a winning franchise, and so they're not so much looking for a jolt or that level of creativity on one side of the football. But I think when you take over a bad team, you have to take on more. We're going to bring you here to do the thing you do best, and you have to also manage the situation. Stephanie. Because what Because what are you probably not going to have? The best players. Your team's bad. So we're going to need your coaching thing on offense or defense immediately the chargers that was not the case they were unique because they were not a great team but they had talent right so i'm talking in generalities here but i think for the most part like a new coach the first thing you're going to do it's not going to be turn over the roster and have a bunch of good players on it so we need that incremental thing that you do that gets the niners from middle of the pack defense to top two defense we could use that right right away we got a rookie quarterback it'd be nice defensively speaking of the jets if like you could just be pretty good. Not great, but just good enough that Zach Wilson isn't out there fighting for his life every week. I don't know. Maybe they'll get better players and that thing will work itself out. I wonder, listening to you talk, a lot of times with Cliff Kingsbury re-references Texas Tech history, maybe Cliff's not a great GM. Maybe Cliff's not great at recruiting, identifying talent, signing those players, and getting the most out of them. Maybe he's better when somebody else says, Cliff, we're hiring you to do what you do offensively. We know how to fit to that. We're going to fit to that. We're going to get you good players. We think as a play caller, you're really good. But you think you're a good leader and CEO. You're just not a great GM. And he's not the GM there, right? Texas Tech, to his defense, now Leach did a great job there. Leach is the outlier. 
it's not exactly where you go to have players just come flocking to you, right? The Michael Crabtrees of the world don't end up in Lubbock more often than not. So I don't know. He definitely maybe- can. He, I'll give him credit on this. I'm with you. It's it's hard to judge him on just the overall talent acquisition at the program. The position that matters the most to any college program and definitely the NFL quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes. He brought them both there, and Kyler. He fucking pounded the table for. He he clearly. He can call plays, and he can definitely identify the quarterback. Coach. If your he greatest actually, strength, I'm, I'm coming around on him a little bit, <laughs> John. If your greatest strength is getting the most out of a quarterback and identifying quarterback talent, yeah, we can work with that. Colt McCoy won a game with his backup. Yeah, yeah, Cliff's had a good season. He's had a really good year, and maybe we'll look back. No, Texas Tech was not representative of what he was as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, I for sure, but. When you just look like Stefanski is a good example, obviously Cliff's a good example. I think Sirianni's a good example because it just kept that team afloat. Fangio's a good example. Like they're able to impact the game with their baby. Is Fangio a good, co- good head coach? You know they're seven and six. I mean, he might just be a good head coach, John. Well, here's what I know that, and I think Urban is the bar for just disaster, and you know the Texas, just a lot of teams that are just kind of a joke. One thing you can say about Fangio is he's not the general manager. So the quarterback position has been out of his control, right? I mean, and they've just only had so many options. They have not been an embarrassment in terms of no leaks, no he's over his head. They have been very, they haven't won that much, but he's definitely stabilized the franchise, has he not? Like he's it feels a like they're young, their young players get to play and thrive. I, you wonder that sometimes with like an old school defensive guy, like is he going to be too hard on young players? Will young players be able to develop in their systems? Um, doesn't feel like that's a problem for them. It's it's why I wonder. Like and listen, Matt Rule, I think is more equipped. If if you said John Guy, you guys own a team, uh, you either have to hire Matt Rule or Urban Meyer. I know. I, I would say, guy. I think we should hire Matt Rule. I would now. Matt Rule also, like Urban, is a CEO. He doesn't call the offense. He doesn't call the defense. And unlike Fangio, you know they're five and eight. They're trending the wrong way. I think they play the Bucks this week. That's an L. How does he impact the game? Because like your rah rah leadership skills, like that doesn't ultimately like on Wednesday of the week, it's like, well, are we putting in plays that are going to work or not? Like it's, you know, I'm I'm a 30 year old. I got a kid. uh, I've been on three other teams. Like I'm, I'm coming prepared. I'm ready. I'm eating the right food. I'm fucking going to bed early in my sleep number. You don't need to give me Newt Rockney speeches. You just have to tell me, do I go to the 10 yard line or do I break it off at the seven? Where is that defensive player is going to be? And that's where it's like, He's dependent on Joe Brady. And same thing with Urban, like all his assistants. Not anymore. Where, Kyle, where what is Kyle's thing? Hey, th- we're going to double move him there. He's telling the referee, get ready for the double move. He's going to P.I. him. I know because I've studied this corner last seven games. He's going to grab his ass. Yeah. I, Matt so, Rule's like, go, guys. Let's go. I'll, I'll, two things on Matt Rule. One, semi, one kind of a joke and then one serious point. One. He spent one year in the NFL, and everyone talked about him. Like, ah, he's an NFL guy. You know, Matt Rule is just trying to get back to the league. He spent a year as an assistant O-line coach, and Ed Baylor was like, yeah, you know, I just hear Matt Rule's an NFL type. It's like, based on what? Since an when? Assistant, an assistant O-line coach, right? Not even He didn't what even lead the about? unit. <laughs> now, there's the joke. Here's the serious thing. The difference between him and Urban, there's many differences, like national championship differences. But Rule coached at Baylor and Temple as a head coach. 
Urban obviously started at Utah, but his success came. Actually, I guess he started at Bowling Green, but his success came at Florida and Ohio State. I think you would put those in two different categories. Doing more with more is what Urban did, and doing more with less is what Matt Rule did. And I do think the doing more with more guys, it's probably a harder transition since you don't get to just pick the best players in the NFL like you do in college. So if we were sitting down and going back and forth, making a pro-con list, trying to decide which guy we hire, I'd say, well, one thing that Matt Rule would have for me is he coached at Baylor, he coached at Temple. These are not traditional powers. These are guys who more deal with the circumstances they have and try to make the most of them. Now, I know what you're going to say looking at your face. You're going to tell me that he went 7-5 and five at Temple. No, I'm actually going to tell you because, we, we again, we talk yeah, – oh, yeah, because we were talking about landing on Sunday night about Dave Aranda. Yeah. And I think sometimes we talk about Baylor like it's San Diego State or something. I just it, Googled it. They had a major scandal that he took over. No, Real O'Brien true. style. Yeah, but starting in 11, I'm, my, my point is I think the program – 10, 8, 11, 11, 10, then they had a scandal, then 11, 2, 11. Like, I, well, my point is, it's they true. have won since 2011, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 out of 10 years, they've had double-digit wins. Like, I just Spent a lot of money, is, Big 12, ripe for winning. That's true. That's fair. You're right. Maybe that's though. not you more than cr- less, but... I, I, I think NFL teams value... Like a true NFL guy that probably would have made fun of Urban. Like, I don't know. This guy's a recruiter. Bill O'Brien, who was a true NFL guy, right? Had coached Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like, he had been a coordinator. Much more than Matt Rule. But I do think they value when you go to a place in college, Penn State, Sandusky, and you just handle it. Like, that's you're just like, crazy shit happens in the NFL. This guy can just handle shit. Matt Rule just handled shit at Baylor. He got credit for that. Yeah, because you go well. Crazy shit's gonna happen in the NFL. Can you just handle it? Like, what was the craziest thing Urban ever dealt with? Like, a player got caught with weed. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, well, uh, I guess covered the up Aaron murders. Hernandez, the Pouncey twins weren't they? Kind of a wasn't there a thing with them at Florida? I think yeah, he, but but when shit went south, he just left. That was part of the thing. He just yeah, I mean, picked up and left. Some of it was created by him. It turned out, I think right? most people would tell you a lot of it was. So. Would you take Matt Rule? Is there a chance Matt Rule and Urban, Matt Rule just might be a nicer guy, but it's like they're both kind of yeah, head in the Yeah, like, yeah. There's that chance. I mean, his offensive coordinator thing is, a, like, if you're going to be the CEO, you kind of, he took a risk in bringing Joe Brady from college, and it didn't work. Now, he's had a lot of injuries. They, they missed on their quarterback decision was a bad one. If what? you gave Matt Rule Trevor Lawrence... I feel like the Panthers would be much more competitive. Uh, now, well, granted, their better team without, is better than the Jags. Yeah, but he's been there. This is year two, right? So he's had a year yeah. to build it. Um, it like by the way, I, contract. I didn't have anywhere to mention this, so I'll mention it here in this conversation. Speaking of Kyle Shanahan, like one of the things we always talk about, this is a follow-up to our conversation about all his running backs getting hurt. All his running backs get hurt, but the good news, John, is that the run game is his area of expertise. Just to give you an idea of the injuries, the Niners have not had – there's not a running back on their roster that's been active for every game this year. So zero consistency at the running back position. That's abnormal. James Conner's been active for every game that the Cardinals have played. The Rams have had Sony Michelle for every game. 
The Packers have had A.J. Dillon for every game, and Aaron Jones has only missed one. The Bucs have had Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones have missed a combined zero games this year. Zeke, I thought he was hurt, but he's been there for every game. Tony Pollard's only missed one. So when you look at the best teams in the NFC uh, in terms of you know the, the standings, uh, the Niners are a bit of an outlier as it relates to their running backs. You know, Sneaky's been pretty good this year. Is uh, play, is Lenny? He, he had been, a, he yeah. had a, he had like a sixty yard run. I was just watched the, like the first it was like half Derrick of Henry Bills game. He looked awesome. I, I I was gonna look up how many games he's played this year. I've he's, he's played, played every game. He played them all. Yeah, I mean he's he touched. Like I said him him and Ronald Jones have played in every game. I'm telling you, guy. I do you know what playoff Lenny does, and some of these other guys do? They just hand the ball off to him. I think the pitch toss play doubles the violence of a collision. And that is Kyle Shanahan's favorite fucking play. It used to be like, oh, what do the Shanahans do? Stretch zone, stretch zone. That was once a Shanahan staple, and it still kind of is. He likes to toss now more. Well, I think you get more momentum as a running back if you're receiving a toss than if you're receiving a straight handoff. I think you probably do, right? And I just think that they... Right, there's no... You you don't have to... You just ball, as opposed to having to take the handoff. I wonder if part of it, too, in space to the left, they just feel are huge advantages. We get Trent, Juice, and Kittle, which are such elite athletes that they can just locate guys in space. So it's it's double advantage us. Because why wouldn't you just do the stretch zone where you just run, you hand it off, and he just kind of goes toward the corner, and then he can cut it back. The Peyton Manning? But that used to be a Shanahan, like when Arian Foster, when Kyle was working for Kubiak, that's like their go-to play. Like that's that's the offense. Kyle's just like, let's expand this to make this even more violent because I don't need any of you guys. Like, does he say that to these guys? Like, I, listen, I know you all are probably going to have CTE by the time you're 28, but I love this play. All right, interchangeable running back number five. If you could replace interchangeable running back number four, please. Okay, he's going to get these people killed. Elijah, you're going to be great until I replace you in a year and a half. Elijah's like, well, Kyle, I've already had multiple concussions. I, I have a finger that now points toward Hawaii, and my knee's fucked up. I am a rookie. So will you be good for the postseason? I need to know. Or will you be Think back for that. the wild card Elijah game? Mitchell, in his rookie season, and he has been a stud, shattered finger, fucked up knee, multiple concussions. Let's check his college stats here real quick, John. I mean, he never played a full, uh, well, I guess four, 13 might have been a full season in the Sun Belt. Four, 14 games in 19 probably was it was a full season. He played 10 games in 2020, so he missed some games last year. College. No, but they... they, they oh, you're right. Sure Maybe they, that was a full season. Yeah. Let's see what the... Uh, so he missed one game in 2020. There's a it's big difference just, between a, an 11 game season and a 17 game season, also in the NFL guy, versus college players. Finger shattered, concussion, knee messed up. Not even through his rookie season, and, I, and I don't think anyone's blaming. Like he might just not be a degenerative finger. No one ever says no, degenerative it, finger. But I think the natural move is, and when I was in the NFL, it's like just injury prone. I, it's unfair to say that to any of the running backs. <laughs> like, no, they're, they're playing running back for Kyle Shanahan. They are injury prone just by nature of their position and their they get their destroyed. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, Can you imagine really if you unfair. gave him an injury prone running back? Like if you just, hey, Josh Jacobs, go play for Kyle. He would last. He'd be out for the season by middle of October. <laughs> no chance he would make it to November. Zero. Kyle Beck, oh my God, you know what I can do with this guy? 
Well, did you have you noticed? I could be wrong about this. I would need the we would need the tracking numbers or something. Feels like the straight Debo Samuel handoff run plays. Now the misdirection end arounds that go once a game for twenty yards and a touchdown. Those are still working. It feels like there's not as much space around Debo on these straight handoff plays as there was the first time they did this. Do you feel that way? Are you saying like in the shotgun, he's standing right next to Jimmy? Just like hand it, Debo's running off left tackle. Feels like there's not as much room as there was three weeks ago on that play. Like the first time they did it, Debo, wide open spaces. Nobody was ready for Debo, the running back. With every week that passes, Debo running between the tackles becomes a little bit hairier of a situation. But that's just me watching. I don't have the... You know, nearest defender, whatever at first contact comes after how many yards? I don't have the metrics on that. Maybe somebody does, but it feels you know, like an underrated violent play. And the Niners feels like they run this for Ayuk, but every team runs this. And if you get caught, you get destroyed because the quick screen where the tackle and the guard pull out to be lead blockers, and the linebackers, and maybe even a defensive lineman if he sniffs it out are sprinting. I'm talking at minimum five full steps to get up to their four, five, four, six, forties. And if you miss, if you kind of do a juke, they all fly by. But if they catch you, the collision is a Kyle Shanahan level toss play. Well, the nose tackle who reads it and breaks it off and just starts sprinting to the sideline. You sidestep the first defender, but from the backside, here comes the nose tackle who just bam pancakes you. He's been wishing he could make a play in space. And All sometimes day. you you go into your guard and he gets taken out from behind and just it's just three guys could break legs on that individual play. Honestly, it's incredible we don't have more shattered ligaments in the national football. Like just oh. yeah, he just shattered his arm. It's it's every play that doesn't end with an injury is a miracle. There were a couple plays last night in the Monday night game where it's just, you know, probably two defensive backs and a wide receiver, and the ball's kind of high, and they all leap. And we all watch the combine. Like, most guys are 30 inches and above. Now, it's probably real time in a game, your legs. You, you probably aren't actually jumping 38 inches. But even if you're going 28 to 30 inches, all three guys up, they're all colliding, and they're all coming down. How more arms don't get caught and shattered or legs in that spot? Because we talk about it a lot with the NBA, right? How there are not more shattered ankles. It's remarkable. Yeah, I know. Every time a pile happened, the offensive linemen, of course they wear two knee braces. Every pile up is every run play. There's bodies all over the place. These guys, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to like, you know, do the, oh, step away from something. There's nowhere to go. Everyone's around your feet. It's, yeah. I'm telling you, every time that somebody – you should do the prayer like John Harbaugh did before their fourth down play the other day. I don't know if you saw that. Like, John, I don't, you don't need more than that. <laughs> well, that's what I'm talking about. Harbaugh John, did the John, straight John, across before a fourth down play. But see, you hear the play call. He's like, oh, fuck. That's a good example of what we were just talking about, and he's the best version. Like him and Tomlin are – and Belichick, like they're the, the highest level of CEOs. Do you think you would – if they ever showed – Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay or Brandon Staley or a play caller, you know, dial it in and then do that. They would get virally made fun of. Yet when Harbaugh did it, you just went, yeah, he's like just praying the shit works that his guys are calling. If you're the guy that called the play, you cannot do a cross on your chest. But that to me reflects, you're allowed to do 
the, the you know the thing like you're saying a prayer when yeah. you're the CEO head coach. Think how crazy that is. He's That's the head, fucking head coach. Again, and he's saying when, a prayer when you're not calling plays. That is that. What's that country song? Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's just hey. When you let a coordinator call your plays, you are Jesus, take the wheel. You just trust that guy. I heard Trent Dilfer saying on Rusillo's podcast that as a coach, he always the best thing a head coach who doesn't call the plays can do is not let the quarterback know whether he's aggressive or conservative. Like he always hated that he knew that Tony Dungy was always telling the offensive coordinator, be conservative, take the air out of the football. He was saying that as it relates to the Bills, that like here you have uh, uh, maybe a more conservative defensive minded head coach in Sean McDermott. Is he telling Brian Dable, take the air out of the football? It hit me listening to them talk. The Bills are a rich man's Minnesota Vikings because their head coach and their quarterback and their offensive coordinator, there's just, I think there's a lack of synergy there, John, to use a corporate term. The irony is in Minnesota, it's a defensive coach who wants his quarterback to be more aggressive. And Kirk does make really aggressive big plays. I think there's a disconnect in Buffalo right now. Maybe it's the coach and the coordinator. It seemed like people were talking McDermott was throwing Dayball under the bus. All I know is there is not a chance in hell that Sean McDermott wants an offense that has zero running back runs in a half of football like they did in the first half. They don't have any running backs. So Josh Allen carrying fucking behind two fullbacks is the answer? Do you know what I was just thinking? I have to ask someone in the NFL or maybe college. I would imagine they use the same headsets. Is there only one line into the quarterback? Or is it just like line four, anyone can go on? It's got to be one line. But, okay, so like if the coach, if the offensive coordinator or like Kyle Shanahan, I guess it would be more like a John Harbaugh type and his offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman's talking to Lamar. Well, what if John Harbaugh is bitching and moaning, but he was just talking to Greg Roman, like, what we should do this, what the fuck's Lamar doing? But he's accidentally on Lamar's channel, and then all of a sudden, if you're Lamar, you're like, is this guy talking shit about me over there? You know, I think it's got to be one. I think it's got to be one voice to the quarterback, right? So just only one headset connects to the dot. The guy can't overturn him. I don't know, overall. but it's it's got to be. I mean, because it'd be insane for the quarterback. I said I was talking to a buddy of mine who's an assistant coach in college football today, and I said I think the best content that could possibly be put out that isn't already out in football is headset audio. It would be he F1. and he said. He goes, yeah, like F1, but I think times 10. Because even because the F1, there's less decisions per minute. I mean, they're making a lot of decisions, but like there are we play calls. <laughs> Every single play is a play call, right? Yeah. And he, he said, I don't think people can handle it. The things that get said on a headset, the things that people say to one another, the things that people say about others, just it is, he said, it is a, it's insane. He goes, and he actually said to me, he goes, the last game that we had, I took the headset off because for a minute, because it was just, it was stupid. This like kind of killing some of the guys he works with. Like it was just stupid, some of the stupid shit that gets said. Well, the, and, to me, to me, the thing that would go viral, number one thing beside you getting mad at your own player, I do think we would allow some leeway for that, like in the heat of the battle. I think when they said talking about the other team's player, like that motherfucker sucks. Go after you know just yeah, yeah, yeah. just the relentless nature of the shit talking about the opponent. And right. I think the things that they we assume you're on the same team, you must like each other. But that's not how it works. Not everybody on the same team likes one another, let alone respects one another. So imagine the things 
that two coaches on the same staff who don't necessarily like you can kind of fake respecting someone's opinion until you really have to work with them. And a game is you really have to work together. We have 15 seconds to pick a play here, fellas. Okay. And I got a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator. And I've talked to coaches, some guys who are offensive coordinators, maybe they call the plays, but they've got an offensive lineman who's a run game coordinator. And when they've need, they, when they have a need to run, like we're going to run the ball. They might, I might say to you, I'm the OC. I'm not a co-OC. I'm the OC. But, John, you're the offensive line coach, and you're my run game coordinator. And we've got a third and one, and I'm going to run the ball. I say, John, what play do you like here? Like that happened. Kyle Shanahan, right, left, toss. Kyle, I doubt, ever asks, what play do you like here? But that happens on some staffs, right? But yeah. you got to be able to respect each other and work together in order for that to work. And not everybody's like that. Not yeah, everybody's There, there like would that. be... That's an RG3 tell-all book coming out of just what's hit on the headsets. <laughs> it, but it's, I, I, the, another underrated part, I think, n- not every coach is like this. Like I, I don't think Andy Reid's yelling at people. But if you watch like Joe Judge, you can just tell he is yelling at assistants, doing what Urban was saying in the, t- in the staff meeting. They are screaming at their own employees on the headset. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And a lot of it could just be like, why can't your guy figure this out? And then the assistant wants to go, well, my guy's an idiot. I didn't draft him. I don't even want him on the team. But it's your job to coach him up. <laughs> yeah, did you see the Joe happened. Judge report on uh, Tuesday? Uh, did he feel safe or something? Ralph, Ralph Vacchiano. Uh, I had to go back and Google it to make sure I got the right verbiage here. Judge is widely expected to be back. A few weeks ago, I would have said no chance he gets fired when NFL source said. Now, I'd still probably say no. Mara loves Judge. He thinks he's found his Belichick or Parcells. There's no way he gives up on another coach this soon. So there you go. Good luck there, buddy. <laughs> this Mara has found his Belichick or Parcells. Bro. He fired his OC halfway through the year. You know what I respect about the Giants? Daniel Jones feels like he's going to be there battling for his job for the next 10 years. And I like knowing that we got the Giants over there in that corner. (laughs) The only guy that can last nine years and never make, never play in a playoff game, not all his fault, but he got injured, is Derek and the Raiders. Oh, I see. There there is absolutely no chance that Daniel Jones has an eight-year career with them. You know that only the Jets since 2017, so 17, 18, 19, 20, so four and a half years, the Jets are the losingest franchise over that period of time since 17, so four and a half seasons. The Giants are number two. That's pretty crazy that your league, that the league's never had more success, right, ever. Yeah. The interest is in all. Now, the NFL, people often say, like, Obviously, baseball when we were kids is massive. I felt football was big, too. So was the NBA. They were all just massive, right? It just may be that baseball diminished a little bit and football just maintained. That might have just been football just maintained. I don't know if it really grew. Do you think it grew? I think it grew. I think internationally it grew. I think it became internet. Like, you get international NFL fans that probably didn't exist. But, like, when you and I were in high school, didn't the NFL feel pretty big in, like, 2001 and 2002? Yes, it felt big, and you know, I think back to my first football the 90s. memories of the mid '90s. It felt early '90s. It was huge. Yeah, maybe football got a lot bigger 
as we were kids. Like maybe Fan, I think fantasy back. probably made it. I think you have maybe as many people love football, but more of them are quote unquote hardcore. Like I think you have more hard. I think your average fan probably consumes more football. Even if you have the same number of average fans, it's like when you get that cell phone report that says average time spent on your screen time last week, right? My screen time, I used a cell phone a lot in 2001. I had a phone. Actually, I didn't have a phone in 01. I got a phone in 03. I got a phone in 03. I used the phone a lot. But my screen time from 03 to 01 to now, you know, 2021 has shot up exponentially. So maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the NFL. In the 90s, everyone had an NFL, quote unquote, cell phone, but everyone's screen time has just gone up. I would say you're right. One major difference to like 15 <clears throat> hours a day seems high, but you know, that's what I. <laughs> well, one thing you couldn't do in 07 is if you were talking to your mom on the phone, you just talked to them on the phone because that's all you had. Now, probably you put them on speaker. Ear. You put them on speaker, you put it down, you uh, search Instagram as they talk, and you realize, <laughs> what did you just tell me for the last seven minutes? <laughs> did I just commit to coming home for 12 straight days? <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe the world's changed and football has really benefited. Hell, I, I if you noticed, Lane gave some comments today about NIL. I was just like, listen. We're recruiting kids, and it just comes as simple. Like, they want to come here, and they just go, I have $800,000 on the table to go to uh, Florida. Can you match? I want to play for you, but I have $800,000. I'm just, he didn't say the actual number, but he just said, some kids say, I want to play for you, but this is what I'm getting from this school. And Lane's like, you know, it's just, can you pay them more? And there are a lot of people pushing back, like, what's the difference in college? You know, what's the difference as a coach? Like you go where you get paid more. He's he wasn't even necessarily like complaining. He's just saying this is the reality now. And I was thinking that kid that just transferred Ewers or Ewers, <laughs> you know, the top quarterback. Now, did he truly get a million dollars? I don't know. But if he actually got a million dollars to redshirt, here's what I will say about the NIL. These companies aren't just gonna continue to give people five hundred and a million dollars. If it's one thing to give Will Anderson, like the guy for Saban, who's going to be the number one pick next year who's just a fucking ass kicker or Hutchinson or Bryce Young or Drake London like you're at school you're an all-american like fuck yeah you can be my campaign I'm just going to keep giving recruits 500 sounds a lot but let's just say 200 grand and then half of them never like I just don't think that's great business is that going to well, maintain is, is giving Will Anderson $500,000 good business no but I'm just saying if he's the best player in college football at least there's some value there right you could justify it like if so, you're the if I'm the Mercedes of Alabama and he's the best player there. It's like yeah, for a the, year you can be my spokesman. Thirty one, he's the best look, player. The value comes from do I care if this team wins? That's where the value is. In other words, the value to a booster is I'm not making my money back here. This player is playing on the team that I like to, and I want that team to win, right? In other words, Mercedes of Tuscaloosa, $500,000 for Will Anderson doesn't have to pencil. It's worth it to them because they want Will Anderson to play at Alabama and they can make some money as well in advertising. But I agree. I'm just saying for, if you and I ran a business autograph company and I give you a million dollars, you've never played a college down. I may not make that money back. I'm just saying, if if you and I ran a business, yours, I think it was an autograph, some like autograph company that gave him a million bucks. So he made it just signing the. Deal? I think they gave him a million dollars for a contract with him. 
But I don't seems... know that it was contingent. Like, was that an Ohio State booster that did that? Or is that just, I always got the impression that was a business deal. It had nothing to do with which school he chose. Do you think a large percentage of like these SEC schools and even let's say the Big Ten that feel like they're doing these enormous deals? And I would imagine USC is going to do big. One thing, Oregon, the, the Nike's built into the program. But like at Ole Miss, I can imagine Lane, like, listen, we can rally up some money, but I don't have unlimited, I don't have $7 million budget to give out NILs. Do you think a lot of these people are smaller companies or is it all national deals? Feels like a lot in the South, probably a lot of like local, that might be bigger companies, but it's like given $500,000, because I'm with you. Let's say we had a company and, you know, part of it, like when I do business with the NFL, I know I'm getting these home games. I know it's going to work. I know it's on television. In college, like being good, obviously being good in the NFL matters, but being good in college does just take it to another level. But it's like, if I just spent like, let's say back-to-back years, I give you a couple million dollars and and one, three of them transfer, two of them turn out to suck and only one of them's really good. You're like, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This is not. I think it is predominantly a booster-driven enterprise when you get to those some of those big numbers not a company just trying to make its money back i just but, wonder if it's going to dramatically change in a five-year span once these people realize especially these kids transferring now like what the this is crazy yeah i mean i think if i were a major booster i'd tell my coach like coach i got like i got two million bucks for you to, you tell me which players were i'm just gonna i'm gonna look at it like or whatever my number is fifty thousand every year i'm spending a hundred thousand dollars on alabama recruiting some of those guys will work. Some of them won't. But coach tells me this is what we need to get the best players. You're so like a hedge fund manager. Yeah. And I just spend it. I, you know, normally I spend that hundred, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not taking that money out of another pot because I have a lot of money. Right. I'm not, I'm not going on like a less cool vacation because I gave Nick Saban the extra hundred thousand dollars. For sure. Maybe By the way, it's not as complicated. Well, no, I just I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think it's there's going to be I think a lot of it is from the outside. Everyone expected oh, Ford Motor Company. It's like, well, let's just I don't think it's about penciling advertising. I think it's about funneling money to recruits and players, which is cool because well, like, they're making me, money. But if I'm Ford Motor Company, OK, if I'm interested in signing a kid next year, it's like two options. CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Can you get one of those two guys on the phone? Because I'll sign those guys. Yeah. Right. And even then, like an Olympic gymnast might be more might do more for, you know, attention. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking out loud. Just spitballing. <laughs> well, I mean, those girls at Fresno State, right? What what did they play? Basketball or volleyball? Yeah, basketball. I mean, they, they got they were the first to get broken off, right? Right. And Boost Mobile, who they signed with, isn't making money because like people were going to the Save March Center to watch the Fresno. They're, they're, their money's on Instagram. That's where that money is. Yeah, TikTok. Getting. TikTok. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, I got a lot of this uh, since our last pod, John. Tweets like this from Manny. Love your pod, but your Raiders rebrand idea was bad. You know, I'm, I let me be very clear before I say another word here. I am not changing my take from that. I stand by what I said on that podcast because it wasn't that dramatic. I didn't say the Raiders must rebrand. I said, here's a thought I had. Will the Raiders ever be able to escape the stench that has come with their decades of failure? without changing their name and their uniforms. Everyone always tells me, oh, the Raiders wearing black, that's who gets the most penalties. Well, here's a solution, wear green. But, you know, yellow. yellow. And I said at the time, I'm, I'm, make, I'm giving you this take a little, a little tongue-in-cheek, but I do wonder if 
the next owner of the Raiders should go, you know what? The easiest thing to do is just to start everything from scratch. So I'm kind of kidding, but I'm also not. That's a real thought I had. Uh, do you know the Raiders and the Browns play each other? And I was thinking really, about this when I really quick on the rebrand though. Yeah. Are you going to change topics on the rebrand? Uh, no, but go ahead. I just got a text actually. I'm not going to out the guy because you know, the Raiders fans, they'll find you on the internet. Just heard the pod changing the name. Totally agree. What about the Las Vegas gamblers? What about the renegades? But see, that's what I would say to this person is like Renegades is like the same thing as Raiders. Another Jokers, but that wouldn't go well when they suck. <laughs> Again, uh, I, I am pro Raider fan. Let me be very clear. We make fun of the Raiders because at times because it's too because they have failed their fans first and foremost. And so uh, how unlucky were the Browns, John? They were a joke of a franchise. They left, became the Ravens, won the Super Bowl within like two years. The Browns, chance to start anew, fresh start. We're going to give them a franchise. Great. We'll call them the Browns again. Oh, no. No. And somehow the Browns left, became the Ravens, won championships. The Browns came back, became the Browns, and were a joke for another 20 years. How the hell did that happen? Do you know that the first draft of when they transitioned after, you know, January 1st and they moved a couple months later, that draft, Ozzie Newsom went with them to Baltimore. They had two first round picks and they drafted Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis as they were brand oh new to the Ravens. Can you imagine that? It's what you lost your team. The new team drives away a couple months later. They draft Jonathan Ogden and Ray fucking Lewis. Oh, John. <laughs> And by leaving, what did that do? It put Bill Belichick out of work. <laughs> Belichick was the last Browns coach before they disappeared from Cleveland. He gave the Ravens Ozzie Newsom. So it took Belichick out of Cleveland. Unbelievable. Crazy. But to me, the difference with the Browns is like, it'd be like if, if they moved back to Oakland, you would obviously call them the Raiders, right? Oakland Raiders. Like I still find myself sometimes, oh, Oakland, and I'm like, oh, there's Las Vegas, right? I still naturally do that. If you told me they moved back to Oakland, I would say Oakland Raiders. They're in Las Vegas. Part of it, like, you didn't call them the Baltimore Browns or the Baltimore Colts. They just created a new name. We've seen it before, like, before you know, before we were alive, right? The Sacramento Kings moved from Kansas City. They were the Kansas City Kings. The Lakers, if you started a basketball team, if you and I just started a basketball team in the 70s in L.A., we would not have called them the Los Angeles Lakers. We would have called them the Los Angeles Stars, the Los Angeles Pacifics, Los Angeles Actors, whatever. They just kept some names. And sometimes if you win right away, like the Lakers, it, they did, You just it worked. Even though when you kind of take a step back, you're like, the Lakers makes no sense. But you don't even think about it because when you think about the Lakers, you just think, yeah. Like the Yankees, right? Fucking 20 rings or whatever. The Raiders, when you say the Raiders to just an average person that is not a season ticket holder back in the day at O.co, like they they just might be a fan of like the fucking Texas Rangers and the University of Texas. They'd be like, oh, it would, it, it'd probably be something negative. Now, the older person that's 55 that would say, you know what? The league is better with the Raiders. Well, that guy that's 55, he grew up when he was, you know, 
nine years old, Kenny the Snake and John Madden were playing. And then you know what happened? They got Plunkett, Flores, and Howie Long. And they won Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and it was sweet. In like an eight-year span, I'm pretty sure 75, 83, and like 86, so maybe 11 years. Three Super Bowls in 11 years. You're like, this fucking team is kicking ass. Well, you know what's happened since? Suck. And a lot more suck and suck and crazy shit happened. From, you know, you can name it all. So maybe it is time... To think about, now, Mark's never going to do that. But whenever his run ends, whether in a year, a decade, I I do think that it will, unless that they start winning big. But if they do not, and this continues, my first, you are, I I give you, like, this is genius. This isn't, actually, it's just the right thing to do. And honestly, you know, the best, the other thing that kind of bothers me is when people say, Back to the league is better with the Raiders? No, the league has never had more financial success over the last two decades. The internet age has been great to several people. Facebook, Google, Apple, the National Football League. And do you know what's happened over the internet age with the Raiders? They have been completely irrelevant. They've made the playoffs one time, either 18 or 19 years. So they have not been a factor of like major teams, right? And the league has printed money. Printed money. So it's just... It's just it's not a fact. It's just actually incorrect, right? The league is not dependent on the Raiders, really, at all. <laughs> I mean, we've just seen it. <laughs> they're not. No, you can't say but they are the using them. To, but the, le- the league, they're not dependent on them, but the league is using the right. Ra- the league would not be in Vegas if they didn't have a team to put there, right? No, and it worked I, out great for them. I'm using this separate, though, from that. Obviously, yeah, they used the Raiders to put there, but they were not, they're, even right now, they just signed a 300 you know, or 200 million billion, whatever the deal was for all that money. The Raiders are in Vegas, but it's not going well. Uh, yeah. JB on the stream says, wish I could get a refund on my Sunday ticket. I donate to the charity. You know, speaking you, you, of guy, they just had a moment. And again, I, I don't blame Mark Davis for this. They just had a player fucking kill an innocent woman in Las Vegas. Like that just happened. Oh, yeah. Well, I know. It's not nothing. I'm not blaming anyone for that beside Henry Ruggs, but that did happen. Like, that's part of the Raiders. Like, when you just talk to yeah, someone. I, like, that's, that's yeah. just a fact. Yeah. It's awful. I'm, I'm not I'm not even trying to, I don't even know how to connect it to, but if you just meet someone in Las Vegas who's not a big sports fan, and I just bring up the Raiders, there's a decent chance that moment is coming up. Oh, right? you're making the point that it's been going poorly for them. In the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, at that point, yeah, I follow. I thought... You're saying something different. That plus they fired John Gruden or he's gone, whatever. And if I told any, here's what I, unless you are really a lot older or have some connection to people that played when it mattered. If I told any Raider fan or any fan of a team, but most teams have had some success recently because the NFL and most teams just naturally parody. You just luck into some wins and you make the playoffs. (laughs) I mean, the Eagles went from never winning a championship just four years ago. They won a championship with their backup quarterback. just like happens. Uh, That, I said, you get a complete reboot and a clear name, and your franchise will just be good. You'd be like, yeah, just call me the Las Vegas Gamblers, and we'll just be a normal, I don't know, we can win 10 games every couple of years. I'm in. Yeah, if you're a new owner and they said, hey, you've got the option. Do you want to do a rebrand or keep the brand? I'd say new new brand, please. New name, new colors, new brand. Gamblers, you like that? Las Vegas Gamblers? Don't hate it. 
Don't hate it. I my, part of me thinks c- c- the Raiders have been, double aces on the side of the helmet. My one thought is the so much of their identity has been like you know renegades against the league and everybody else that I would go total departure from that all that stuff. Because you well, go gamble. Do it where you're where you're based out of though. Like isn't that part? Yeah. Of, like, that no, is it's the not, I don't hate it. That's my my first thought is I would get away from the whole, you know, just anything that's even in that same category of like. Las Vegas uh, charities, characters. not the charity. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Gambler's not bad. I mean, it's an easy one. Aces is, is a good one. With there's a WNBA team. That's a good one. Um, does Mark does Mark own that bad boy? Yeah, he just bought it right a year or two ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, before we get to shave it or save it, oh, what I was going to do was transition from the guy who said he wanted to sell uh, his tickets and donate to charity. No kid hungry, by the way. Our charity, you can our charity campaign. You can click on the link in the description. It is, I think, I just did the update. What did I say? The number nineteen thousand six hundred and ten dollars have now been raised. Trying to get to twenty five thousand dollars by the end of the month. Go to nokidhungry.org slash ham. Incredible charity. We appreciate everything they do. One in six kids at risk for hunger this time of year, especially. That's painful to hear. So we appreciate anything you can give. Curry broke the record, but yeah, no kid hungry. Curry broke the record. Did you? I, I recorded dot it. org slash ham. Sorry, did I have I been saying dot com? I, I think you said dot org. Okay, I, I recorded the Warrior game. I got to go back and watch. But did you just watch the clip on Twitter of Steph breaking the record as we record this Tuesday evening? He is giving Draymond a big hug. That's pretty cool. Greatest three point shooter in the history of the league. Now undisputable, most threes ever made. Ray Allen was there in a turtleneck. That's cool. Yeah, you know, I, I Nick's thought, called a listen, timeout. I like Draymond. I thought he over-dramatized, like, player safety. You know, because the plane broke down. They flew to New right. York today. Yeah. You know, I, I, listen, obviously, being a professional athlete is different than a normal person job. But a lot of people work the day of flying. It's not that crazy. You know, uh, Bel- I, Belichick, Belichick did it last year during COVID, remember, on Tuesday. Flew out to the Chiefs, played them. Like, it's... It's not the end of the world. It's so, an inconvenience, but it's not the yeah, end of the I world. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I think it's different than normal people jobs. Yeah. The, I, your I'm physical nature is such a big part of it, and some of these guys spend hours getting their body ready. I also don't think traveling the day of the game should mean that you have to reschedule the game. I think mm-hmm. we can acknowledge this is this is not I, this is not great. This sucks for you guys. But it's also such a rare occurrence that, you know... I wouldn't go back to scheduling flights on day of games. You know what I mean? So I yeah, I agree I, with him, but I'm not I'm not pushing. I'm just saying every once in a while, probably once in his career, this crazy inconvenience that is no one's fault beside mechanical error. It sucks, but it's part of the deal. Yeah. And they played and he at the garden. Kind of cool. At the garden. Way better than at the TD Ameritrade Fieldhouse. Where do the Pacers play? Yeah, TPC. Cool place, but the the atmosphere there was so dead. I thought, and then I actually think it was just the broadcast wasn't getting the crowd sounds. Watching the Warrior game on Monday night, getting the crowd noise in properly. It sounded funky because I could see people clapping, but that game had no vibe. The Pacers floor is the color of my stomach in the middle of winter. It's too pale. Just no, 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 no. I heard Windhorse say that the Pacers – are down like 30% attendance this year. Oh. Now, but I, it felt like there maybe, were a lot of people at that game. Yeah, for Curry. Warrior yeah, fans. Sure. Anyway, Curry is jacked. All right. Um, 
John, let's tell the people about right. Yeah, he's big. Shave it or save it coming up. But first, Rex MD. RexMD.com slash ham. Don't wait another minute. Go to RexMD.com slash ham. Yep. Just fill out a quick uh, survey, if survey, if appropriate, to get a starter pack of generic Viagra. Starter packs currently available to new customers. RexMD.com has helped over 100,000 men. We want you guys to get it up, get it straight, and get it in. Uh, there's no copay. There are no doctor's office visits. And your shipping is always free. So don't wait another minute. RexMD is now offering starter packs of generic Viagra for new customers. Visit RexMD.com slash ham right now to get started. That's RexMD.com slash ham. RexMD.com slash ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham. And another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on prize picks, you can go, Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the prize picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. uh, We like to do something called shave it or save it. Save it. Yeah. Uh, You said it so well last time and I did it that way, that lame way this time. But shave it or save it, John. It's very simple. We're here to help. That's what this is about. It's about helping. Yeah. It's about helping. Here's the deal. Some of you might be struggling with a decision about what to do with receding or thinning hair. Should you shave it or should you save it? John has been through this before. I myself consider myself a hair expert as well. And so we think that we can bring our expertise, our sensitivity, but our no-nonsense approach to evaluating the black and white world of the follically challenged to what could be a very difficult decision, right? Yeah, I mean, you have a guy like me who's been bald now for a decade, and you have a guy like you who uh, signed a four-year contract with your uh, barber. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we couldn't be at any more opposite ends of the spectrum. You just signed a long-term contract with a barber, and I have been shaving my head in the shower for, I mean, legitimately a decade. A decade. I like you signed just, a long-term contract with your barber. Go to the corner of your screen. You just check the date to see how long you've been shaving in the shower, your dome. 2011? Yeah, I've probably only been shaving in the shower for seven or eight, but I shaved my head in 2011 during the football season. I remember sure. that. I, I remember very distinctly when you sent the photo in, from Philadelphia, you'd been doing a Rogaine, Propecia, blend while we were living together in fresno you go to get the job with the eagles and one day i get a a selfie from the mirror i did it and it was it was all gone i think i probably started mock three in it maybe like 13 2013 would be my guess so who do we have up here it's very simple you send us a submission we give you our opinion there's you're not this you know you don't have to do it this isn't the bachelor you don't have to do you know there's no required uh engagement at the end of this but we just give you our unbiased opinion. We're on your side. That's the biggest thing. We are on your side, like every local news team. So who do we have here, John? Dakota. Not Prescott, just Dakota from Instagram. All right. Here is Dakota. Uh, you know, ideally we'll get, we'd like at least three photos, but this is what we've got two photos from Dakota to work with. Here's the first photo, selfie, smiling. You got a good little v-neck kind of shirt going on uh, a gold chain and this is dakota number two and a younger um, in that version yeah it looks a little younger i don't this is definitely the first photo of friday or saturday night i would imagine this photo about to go out yeah. arm day today <clears throat> nice watch it's a good looking so, shirt if you're skinny good looking shirt if you're skinny Okay, so where do you want to begin here with Dakota? Here's our two photos. Well, I mean, oh, obviously, no. we just have this one angle to deal with, but from this angle, to me, it is a no-brainer. It's got to go. <laughs> uh, that that feels extremely, extremely thin in the front. Uh, you're holding on for dear life. You're a good-looking guy. You got a skinny face. You're a skinny guy. Uh, I would, I mean, at minimum, go get the buzzers and just keep that thing at like a zero or a one, you know? 
the, the top has got to come off. Yeah, I think we're already – I agree with you. This is probably our quickest shave it. Um, I think we're already seeing – you know, he's doing some things. His barber clearly knows what's up and is helping. We've got what looks like to be a, a one on the side here, the length of this this razor cut, trying to fade it into a shorter thing here and trying to make sure that, you know, it's not a stark difference between the length on the sides and the length on the top. But we are playing a very porous prevent defense here on top. There is linebackers, corners, safeties, nobody's over the middle. I mean, it is wide open. And we like to use a lot of football analogies or war analogies when it comes to thinning hair. The offense is marching right down the field here. This is a two-minute drill. There's not much time left in the game, and they're about to score. So uh, the only question I have is we got two different photos with two very different light sources. Photo number one, we've got Robert Sala level skin tone here. Photo number two, things are a little paler. Could have been summer and winter, you know. You know, I don't know that the change things. This straight on look, we've got again. I think a pretty good. We've seen this recently. This is a very proportional, symmetrical round dome that we're working with. Agreed. So dome structure for the, the second shave it or save it in a row is very strong. You know, if you're this tan, then cool. But if not, that's okay. I think your brain structure, good strong eyebrows. You could do the beard. I don't know what your opinion on that is, John. But I'm with you. I think this is a shave. Yeah, shave it. When it, when it have... gets like that, I, I, I think when you get that longer hair up top and you're, you know, I would guess Dakota's got a late 20s, early 30s vibe. Yeah, may, uh, yeah maybe. <clears throat> I, yeah, I was going to go 27, 28. It feels like that picture where he's younger right there definitely is 20s. Maybe this one just right at 30. I think that top when it's going longer and it's really thin – that has like a 50-year-old, or not even 50, like 50 back in like the 70s, like what a 75-year-old does now, like just doesn't care. It's just over. I've been married for 45 years. I got four grandchildren. You know, I've provided for my family. Like I, I just don't have time to get a haircut right now. You can pull that off when you're just old. You cannot do that when you're young. And not, vi you know, you're vibrant, you're healthy. You know, you, you clearly, you workout guy, um, shave it. Uh, I want to show you a couple things here. Just it made me think of somebody here. Uh, this is not quite the same, the early Jay Billis, um, but you know this was at this point in time. What, I don't. Would you have told Jay shave it or save it at this point? I would say save it right there. Yeah, uh, but Jay uh, transitioned really well to um, to a shave, but not a bick. Right? I also think it's different when you're you know six eight and six, rich. Ten. Yeah. Well, but I, I, my point is here that this is kind of, yeah, he received it, but, but I'm just saying like what he's got going on the sides here is, is similar to this. He just didn't play the game up top. Right. Jay went, like just if, I, if I told you that I could pull that look off, would you tell me to do it or no? Uh, no, I would not. No, Why I does he not. pull but, that off though? Cause he does. Well, I, I think it. I think it works. I. I think you could pull it off. I think this works for an older guy, probably. Yeah. You know, it just works. It doesn't. We I don't see know. A lot I don't of guys really know. My question would be: What is the purpose of this look versus the straight shave? Maybe it's just he prefers to do like a quick buzzer as opposed to like a a zero a bick. I don't know. But it works. 
I think certain guys never take the Bic for whatever reason, and they just never do it. Because it doesn't feel like I've ever seen Jay with a bicked head, right? Uh, you know, I didn't think that until I thought I, I – it could be a Photoshop photo. I thought I saw something of Jay recently. But now that I think about it, maybe it was Photoshopped. Um, you tell me. I just saw this on Twitter yesterday, and it made me think of him. Um, Feels like a lot of people are more likely, and maybe it's a basketball – I guess basketball guys are bald too. Football, people shave it fast. It's just maybe just people talking shit to you. You don't even care. You're just grinding. Is that like there's a lot of bald a real heads photo? In, in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Is this a recent – this is Bick, so I don't know. Maybe he's Bicking now. I don't know. But in any event, I go shave. But I, I guess my caveat, my point in all this is you could do – he could do like a very – you know, the Jay Billis, if he wanted, before going a full dive into the middle cough, into the Agreed. Brian Dable. There's a step to be taken. That'd be my thought. Like, if you wanted to do that, you know, first, because you're already kind of doing it on the sides, go for it. That would be my two cents. Get him, my man. Good luck, Dakota. Good luck, Dakota. Thank you for your submission. Thank you for your bravery and your willingness to participate in another edition of Shave It or Save It. All right. Very well done. So uh, feel free to submit. You just DM us. Dakota sent a DM on Instagram. You can tag us. and uh, It's better DM us. That way it's, you know, not everyone's looking at it. Uh, you can do that on Twitter. You can do that on Instagram. If you're having trouble finding a way or we're not seeing it, because sometimes we miss some DMs, although I don't think we miss a shave it or save it. Just hit us up and um, we're happy to help. Talk soon, people. All right. Bye, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.